All right, we're taping. So, uh, welcome to a very special episode of Red River Podcast. <laughs> On this special episode, yeah. uh, we're back with uh, Ron Gore and Langan and me, four of us today. Uh, the last one we did, we talked about Iron Maiden and how fucking much that band means to us today. Uh, we decided to do Slayer and Ron and Gore after Iron Maiden. Just they were like, listen, if you ever do a Slayer episode, we got to come back. So, of course, I brought it to our, our fucking Facebook group. And um, I wanted to talk about bands that you could talk about. So I said... I, I posted a poll. One was mm-hmm. Weezer because the Weezer discography is so polarizing. The other one is the same thing, Smashing Pumpkins. Right. And the third one was Slayer. And of course, everyone was like, all right, I want to hear a Slayer episode over those two other shitty bits. <laughs> How dare you? How dare everyone in this I fucking stupid group? I have to that Weezer one out. I don't yeah. know much. <laughs> I, you know, I got to get three herbs up on that one. So. <laughs> Me, uh, actually, I can talk about the first two Weezer albums. That's all. All right, cool. So me, Ron. There you go. Part of, partial episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally. I do the first twelve minutes. <laughs> I gotta go now. <laughs> so uh, today we're going to talk about Slayer. We're going to throw a little music in the background um, for a little ambiance because uh, our buddy Gore here suggested it, and we're going to try it out. Right? Why not, sir? All right. I dig it. Cool. So I'm going to throw on some. Uh, some show no mercy because let's start at the beginning. The and career opener. The career opener. So, uh, Lan, just tell us how you stumbled across Slayer. Um, t- they were like the first really really heavy band I listened to. I'll be honest with you. I uh, I, I think it was after Hello Waits came out. I had gotten Hello Waits on vinyl from uh, Record World in Riverhead, and I remember taking it home, looking at the cover, and listening to the lyrics, and and been like, this is like. Some next level shit for me. Which record? Hello Waits. Okay. That was my first one. It was like another step beyond what I thought was heavy. You know what I mean? Yeah, because eventually everything, you know, you, you start off with uh, LA Guns and yeah. <laughs> you yeah. keep moving forward. But Maiden was as heavy as I got for one. And then it just was like, oh shit. This LA is Guns didn't have a record out when. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> shit. I'm going to have to stop Just to right clarify there. that. <laughs> yeah, please. But yeah, I bought that. My friend bought Show No Mercy. For the record, Tracy Guns was alive. Yeah, he was probably (laughs) But uh, yeah, that's how they got on my radar And and cool, never went back Awesome So uh, just uh, before we kick it off Mr. Gore, Mr. Mitch uh, When did you first stumble across Lair? Um, Probably I used to write graffiti Before I moved to the projects And we used to go bombing And I would see this, this, this black skinhead dude And he was just completely satanic he had like this MC jacket with like a venom painting it was, I had never seen anybody like that so I would see this guy around and I'd be like what's up man what are you listening to like what's what's you know I'm looking at his pins and just, you know he's a black skinhead dude he's pretty he's pretty menacing you know yeah, he's yeah. like he's wearing like a, like the first that's Slayer a rare shirt. radical breed dude <laughs> super super devastating yeah you know? that's super <laughs> devastating and he's wearing probably that's a hard the first, style the it, first and, and, it's a, and it's a statement for sure yeah. Yeah. you know yeah I mean you know he had punk pins and boots and he's wearing boots but you know the fact he had a venom painting on his jacket I mean this has got to be eight, the end of 83 I mean even 80, I think Show No Mercy was out but you know Hello Waits wasn't out yet so um, you know, I asked him what shirt it was. I looked at it, and you know, he said something about you know, listen to this track or whatever. And I went home, and, and that was it. It was, it was it. yeah, it was complete right fucking there. destruction. Cool. Was with, you know. So, Ron, it was over with. first time. Um, 
early issue of Metal Forces came out, and uh, they used to have a thing called Demolition, where they would just review demo tapes. And uh, they reviewed what was the Slayer demo. Unbelievable. And it had a photo, the f- now famous photo with the chick who was one of their girlfriends in real life. And Jeff's they got the right? knives. Yeah, yeah Jeff's yeah, yeah, girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's that photo, and they review the tape, and they, you know, they say it's brutal, of course. And I was like, fuck. So I wrote to them, hoping to get the demo tape. And uh, their manager, this guy Dave Craig at the time, he, uh, he wrote back and said the demo wasn't for the public. It was just promotional, but they got signed and they were putting an album out soon on Metal Blade. So I used to harass like the two met- the two stores that carried metal for like three months, four months. Like, yo, do you have this record? They were like, we don't know who this band is. They have the <laughs> records out. This doesn't exist yet. So one day I'm with my dad. I remember this shit like it just happened. I'm with my dad and we're at Crazy Eddie and there's Jesus. Show No Mercy in the, in the new arrival bin. Wow. And it's that cover that you have right there. Like Crazy Eddie, Crazy Eddie. Yeah, the right. store Crazy Eddie. Really? That's yeah. a whole. That's a whole other episode. That's yeah, we talk Crazy Eddie. Yeah, yeah right. you know <laughs> so the Crazy Eddie story. Right? Oh, oh, I'm just. I have multiple Crazy Eddie stories. But yeah, good. <laughs> oh no, but I'm saying like how didn't he like the prices were he was insane. like mobbed up or something. Oh, absolutely. Shit. Yeah, yeah, he was a mess. He, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He sold. He's he a shit cut Everyone. You have to cut everyone. He sold refurbished stuff. He Russian mafia, Kings Highway, and best commercials ever. Yeah, best commercials. Time for the Crazy Eddie biopic. Yeah, I'm interested. Right? Why not? Eddie, there is Eddie Enter. Was that him? Eddie, yeah. Eddie Enter. A N T E R. He did time too. His, but there were two partners. One sold one out or something. There's a Why there's not? a documentary on it. Oh, yeah. I got mad. Now what I'm doing tonight? I have a ton <laughs> of old Crazy Eddie. I'll sidetrack for ten seconds. I have somewhere I've got like ten old Crazy Eddie shirts and Velcro wallets. Because when we were like, 14, yo, I didn't even know Crazy Eddie had a merch game. No, well, it was the wallets. It was the day their store opened. And me and my friend Ricky Hurley were walking by, and there's a table full, and they're like, take one. So, of course, we grabbed like 25 of each. And we were like, yo. Did you ever listen to anyone ever at any time? When they Until I was like 12, maybe. <laughs> yeah. After 12, I don't think I've listened to anything. All right, Ron, take one. So, back to, so I'm at Crazy Eddie with my dad, and I see the Slayer record. And, I mean, I've been fiending for this. I'm like, yo, dad, you got to buy this for me. And he looks, he flips it over, he sees Jeff holding the cross, he's reading the song title. He's like, I'm not buying you this garbage. And I got pissed. I'm like, yo, buy this or I'm stealing it. <laughs> and he's just like, he just looks at me blank. I'm like, all right, I'm stealing it. So I just walked, I had it under my arm, and I was walking toward the door right past the counter. And uh, I, I'm like two feet from the door, and he yells, he's like, all right, I'll buy it. And I just put it on the counter. That is I remember a this great shit, move. Like, How much was it? At, was it 598? 599. Buy, and buy this or I'll steal it. I was, yeah, I was already starting. You were going to do it, right? Oh, yeah, fuck yeah. There was <laughs> kind of thought. I, been, I needed that record. I was so unhinged at that point, and I knew that was my gateway record, you know? What was, what was like the heaviest thing at that time? For me, I had just gotten into Merciful Fate. Okay. I had Melissa. Was Melissa that early? Yeah. 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 The first Fate EP was 82, and Melissa was 83. Wow. And this came out like in December of. 83, maybe January 84. Well, December, December 83. I have it here. December yeah. 3rd, 1983 yeah. Yeah. on Metal Blade Records. Yeah. And so that, it was, and it had come out that week because I was calling that the stores every week and uh, it was in their new arrivals and I saw it. So I got it like within the first week it was out. But I remember every moment of it. It's really, like, I don't remember two days ago, but I remember taking that record home, going to my room 
and I put the needle on it. By the end of the first song, I was like, this is my favorite fucking Favorite thing. Right. And yeah. it was a Sunday. I remember the next day in school, I wrote Slayer everywhere. I carved it in desks. I wrote well, it in high school. Step. I wrote it in the bathrooms. Like, everywhere. everywhere. It was like, it was like, you're either, it was it. It was what I needed. It was what I was looking for. I was absolutely obsessed. I grabbed, like, all 10 of my metal friends. I'm like, dude, you got to buy this record now. Yeah. Like, you should leave school today. <laughs> Like, take your lunch money and buy this record. The amazing thing about Slayer, they probably all had the right Slayer everywhere. And it, it, it like, had that effect on everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Every oh, if, you saw a logo, if you saw a logo carved in somewhere, yeah. or, like, you knew it was business at that <laughs> yeah. time. I didn't know how <laughs> to carve. I wasn't that talented. I just wrote it. No, I, for I me, carved. like, but everything, you know, I would do Slayer. I would try to do the Maiden font. Yes. And then Metallica, because they had the, like, the, you know, the Slayer M. Slayer had a nice, a. easy one to do. Yeah. It was Slayer easy was, to carve. You guys are way was, more talented than me. I just wrote it in It was marker. easy to carve. Yeah. It was straight lines, kind of, you know? I did carve it in desks and shit, but, and the but that was it, with the swords That was it. Like, I was... You were off. Yeah. I was obsessed. I wrote to them immediately. I joined the fan club. I was like... I couldn't join the fan club. How much was the fan club? Was it like eight Yo, bucks? Yo, the fan club was <laughs> fucked up. Um, Is that the satanic Wehrmacht like, at yeah. the time? Yes, sir. I, they used to send these newsletters like four times a year, which I still have a couple of them. If we do a photo of this, I'll dig them out. And they send you an 8x10 promo shot, which is the Show No Mercy promo shot. Okay. I have that still signed by the band. Nice. That's, and, uh, that's devastating. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> ill. It's pretty fucked sick. Fucked up, dude. I mean, the fucked up thing is like it was sitting in the back of my closet for like 25 years. Like, like just laying there. One day I'm like, oh, fuck, what am I doing? This is sacred. I got to sit like laying yeah. on the floor like with... Disrespectful. Yeah. We were going to take pictures, you know, when I picked Ron up about uh, of the what the the first every album up to South Avenue. I have the first four albums and EPs, all that stuff signed by the whole band, nice. and I've got that eight by ten. Did you get it one by one? Or um, no, I met them. I met all of them when uh, Bostoff joined. Okay. In the early nineties, and then I met. Lombardo, like two years ago at Revolution, he came through with that band film he was in. Oh, yeah. And I just brought him in the back and he signed them all. He was mad cool. He talked cool. for like 15 minutes. Yeah, he seems very cool. Very down yeah. to earth, so. I mean. Uh, me, I, I, you know, I got in way later, man. Well, you're younger, <laughs> too. Yeah. yeah, for me, like, you figure Seasons, I was 12 when Seasons came out. Right. And oh, I, my God. Yeah, I remember watching War Ensemble. And that was the first thing I saw on Headbangers Ball. Mm. I would always hear the name, but that it, video got massive play. Yeah, like when I saw that, it was just fucking chaos, just chaos. Mm. Um, because the velocity and then the, the the solos kicked in, and it was still catchy enough where you had that chorus, uh, and and that's it, man. From from there, you know, you go backwards. Yep. You know, and you, you start picking up those those albums, and then you start remembering and realizing every time you know people yell Slayer, you're like, "That's what these guys are saying." <laughs> like, that's why these guys are just bang like people get insane. They'll like bang their head against the wall yelling yeah. Slayer and all shit. Yeah, they can't. So. It's awesome. Yeah. Um. So l let's go with, with this record here. Show No Mercy, December third, nineteen eighty three. Um. What can you say about this record? Megan. I, I like. I always love this record. Um, it's a nice bridge between, you know, the new wave of British heavy metal sound, like Maidenish, and uh, some heavier stuff. Because there's a lot of like, like some of the Tormentor, Final Command, certain songs like that. You hear like it's very Maideny. It's really not it's, it, where they eventually no. went. The, like the bridge from this to the next album is, is 
Would you say like it's, it, it was almost like like I could hear a Motorhead and Venom influence yeah, all that like stuff. in the beginning? Yeah, I think I it, don't hear Motorhead really. I hear Venom in the and definite Venom and for real. Yeah, the yeah. speed of punk mixed with like Killers era Maiden. Definitely. Oh, okay. Yep. I don't hear Motorhead. I do. We hear all the Nawabum, as yeah, Sam Dom calls, which an acronym. <laughs> I hate that I've never heard anybody shit. in my life sound out that acronym. What do you, in my what life do you hate more? That guy. <laughs> do you hate Lit or Nawabum more, Ron? Oh, uh, you could take your pick. <laughs> lit? You can kill anyone. Oh, the one. You could say Lit to band. music. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, yo, you could say Lit to music it's applicable to. Don't say it's like 1982 hardcore. It's like it doesn't belong there. You Don't say it on the show. He's already. About some blinged out hip hop video, and yeah, all right, cool. It's just Go- lit. Ghost Mane is lit. That's tricky. <laughs> Found out Ghost Mane's uh, Ron's cousin. I thought that Random was, uh, fact. Yeah, for most people, because I didn't know who he was, he's pretty huge, so you can Google him. He's a great kid, man. After you're done headbanging to Slayer. Love and support yes. him to death. Uh, yeah. Finishing thoughts on Show No Mercy? Um, yeah, like I said, it was it was a great bridge yeah. between that style of metal and what was to come. What you do you think I mean? the your like the go to track on this album for you is? For me, I, the Antichrist, Evil Has No Boundaries, Die by the Sword, probably. Yeah, I love Chemical Warfare though. But that's not on this. But that's true. That's true. But uh, I th- the way it opens, Evil Has No Boundaries, is one of my favorite openers of all time. Like album openers, it's pretty serious. You know? Yeah, it's, it's a statement song. It is a me. statement song. My friends and I, you know, we listened to that shit before we went out, like get amped up. <laughs> like that was our fucking amped up. Before song. you went to go carve up the tree, <laughs> we're going to raise hell in the country. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Mattatuck. You know, where'd you grow up? Mattatuck. Yeah, Mattatuck. Oh yes, yeah, you were. Way we're out. hanging out with trees, literally. Literally. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> yeah. a lot of fun. Right, yeah. almost next door to Gore. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Almost. Close. But. So, uh, Gore, what do you remember about Show No Mercy? Uh, probably the most bestial album they did. I think it's, I mean, I liked it because it was the most satanic. It was the most offensive. They weren't hiding behind anything. They basically said, praise Satan, worship Satan. This is what it's going to sound like. And um, I like the Maiden, some of the priest riffs, you know, some of the classic stuff. Um Every song to me is just fucking brutal. There's not one I really like more. more it used to that. be it used to be cryonics and it just changed to, you know, anything, you know, but um it's raw as fuck, dude. Plus the fact that I think the symbols he wasn't even doing live symbols. How random Rose, Rose is story, that? Yeah, he didn't even The producer he, told him that you don't put symbols in. He had to like he, he didn't want like, he didn't want to do he, the bleed. He had to dub them in later. That's crazy. So, yeah, so he played these beats straight and then afterwards was like psst, psst, psst. Yeah, I didn't he had know like, that. That's insane. That yeah, is weird. <laughs> dumbest <laughs> thing anyone's che- ever heard. Cheap as fuck. It's yeah. It's probably because of like the bleed or some, uh, something absolutely. going on. Plus, Kerry played the bass on this, I believe. Okay. I think he played the bass on this and Hello Waits, so it's just intriguing. Well, recorded really? in L.A. in yeah. the '80s, that you know the engineer producer. Because Kerry was fast. So if sometimes you have somebody who's just super fast to be precise, yeah. you know, Kerry will just be like, oh, "I'll do it because I'll do it exactly the same way." Yeah, man. Whereas Tom might, you know. These guys, their right hands are no joke. Jeff the cocaine and, and the meth definitely helped <laughs> for a couple I, years for those yeah, guys. but I might have to try that out. <laughs> that hand's pretty fun. Like, if, you, if you're playing along, you know, like, if you're air guitaring and, and you still can't keep up with that riff. Right. They're the fastest, dude. They're the down picking, fast. they're fastest. People could say what they want about them for speed. Yeah. And um, stamina, nobody touches them in their yeah. prime. It's just yeah, absolutely. It's impossible. 
Ron, what do you remember about this record, the first one? Oh, this this record, along with Melissa, changed my life completely. I was a fucking angry, outcast kid, totally rejecting society and religious crap. And here comes a brutal, no frills, just, just you know, it's everything I was looking for. It was completely raw and violent and not overly intelligent it had no moral <laughs> it had no moral code at all you're right they, they weren't trying to like say yeah and they kept that all the way through yeah, you know it's like you know everything about songs later on like jihad to like fucking angel of death it's just like yo this is about brutality yeah. save me your politics the whole way through and you know i was fucking 14 then i didn't think i gave a fuck about politics i you know right it's a fourteen-year-old kid trying to find himself, and I hated everything. So this was perfect. Thirty-six years. No, and this wasn't the most important record. Then have you found yourself yet? Hell no. <laughs> but aside from, I don't even think I had Kill 'Em All yet. It had been out for about six months. I got it a little later. But uh, this same, and, same year, right? That, yeah. Well, it yeah. came out, but it came out a little earlier. Earlier. Kill 'Em All. And um, but you know, it was just like, it was the fastest, angriest thing I had heard, and I was already despised religion and was getting pressured by this is right in your wheelhouse yes it was my it was the soundtrack to my fucked up brain right you know and i started doing shitty things and being a shitty kid and it was like this record made it sound like this is you're supposed to do that absolutely and this is the soundtrack to it absolutely it's like oh go break a window go fucking (laughs) that girl staring at you go call her a cunt and spit on her like that's how my brain worked at that point, and this was it. This is what ran through my head all day. So yeah, it was perfect. Pe- people did break windows like the other day, like growing up here in Selden. Like every time I drive by this one house, like a f- few minutes away, I remember just picking up a rock on Boyle Road and just throwing it through somebody's kitchen. I, I love those days. I don't imagine know how much better so it would have been for Slayer with Slayer. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I was listening to Slayer when I did it, but for some right. reason, I was. Like, why? <laughs> Why would I Definitely. do that? Yeah. Why the fuck would I just throw a rock through someone's fucking window? <laughs> and every time I kept walking by, I would see, like, the the broken window with, like, I guess a patch on it. <laughs> I feel like to this day I should drive to that house on Boyle Road. No, fuck them. <laughs> that, it's over. They're probably dead anyway. There is one funny thing. <laughs> do it again. I, I, re- I remember this. Um, I remember dr- when I lived over... I, I forgot where we were, but I'm driving, and some kids throw a fucking egg and they hit my car. And I fucking got so fucking mad. I fucking stopped the car, and they all scattered. Yeah. And I fucking start running after them. And then I think to myself, I'm like, you know what? This is the cycle of life, man. Yeah. I'm, yeah, like, I'm like, you guys got me, man. I'm like, good. Good for you. And I got in my car, and I drove off. Right, right. Dude, I broke, me and my friends broke more windows than I can count. And it's like, we used to steal bikes on the weekly, BMX bikes. And then one day, my bike got jacked, and I went on this violent tirade like, I'm gonna kill this dude and I just stopped in my tracks I'm like yo I just have shitty bike karma this is like yeah, that's how it works yo, I've had yeah. three bikes stolen but I'm I've been involved in like the stealing of 50 <laughs> yeah, like I didn't keep skateboards the, too dude you used to yeah. steal skateboards I didn't even keep the BMX bikes I just like the chaos of it but it's like who the fuck am I man yeah. you know yeah. and that shit applies to life I mean I'm not gonna talk about I'm not gonna put my I'm not gonna fucking out myself too hard but you know fuck I should be in jail not completely, but but you then, know, so it's like when you look at it that way, right. you know. But whatever, if you're gonna be the dumb kid, 
you but need, you know, you no need the soundtrack. To Slayer when you, you do need it. the soundtrack. I get it. Now those kids, are, I think people who are Slayer fans and like later on maybe Marilyn Manson, they just become like juggalos now. Like what else is that stupid and unhinged? Wow. I mean, what else is Facts. there? Facts. It's like, what else is there? Because punk is way, I mean, I, I got into punk and hardcore as a nihilistic kid, but then I evolved with it and got into the politics and the, you know, which right. evolved me into a man and changed my life for the better. But at the same time, like, you know, crass and discharge is going to, it's going to keep you pissed, but it's going to give you a global look at the world with, with empathy and anger. Stuff like Slayer and ICP is just stupidity. You're right. You're right. You, you know why? Because God bless their little hearts, the people that I know that, you know, still really do like. Yo, if you're down with the clown, you're dumb. <laughs> But I'm saying I mean but you're cool You're, you're cool You're at the subculture you're I, the sub, Yeah completely I respect them in a weird I Like if I was 15 I'd, Maybe I'd do it I'd something that better story, musical taste <laughs> I mean you know Musically it's, it's it's the worst music I've ever heard But if you're a kid Who's 13 From Fort Wayne, Indiana And that's all around you Oh absolutely then if, It's a game know, changer Then it's yeah. a game changer For them So yeah. I mean you know It's like you walk in their shoes It's like that's what's Available for them but let's not. Con- they should just never confuse that scene or gimmick with like music, real music or musicians or anything musical in yeah. any way, yeah. shape, or form. <laughs> Once we get past that, I could be like, okay, great. I have I a camaraderie you. with like that. Slayer. You can always. I'm always proud of Slayer. From like, they never sold out musically, even if they made weird couple of weird choices we're, along we're, the way. We're gonna get we'll to get to that. that but yeah. 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 But gonna, anyway, so Show No Mercy is like, that's your shit. It's the. It's an amazing debut album. It captures. What everybody wanted and needed at that yeah. time. It was like if you went to Merciful Fate and Exciter and Motorhead mm-hmm. and all that stuff, or and you had already just bought Kill 'Em All. It was like that was Absolutely. it. That was next. Right. That, that was, was next path. for that path of extremity, and that was it. Yeah, and then we we talked. You know that people were always upping. I feel like some of those Sepultura records up then, and then like you hear like Scum, and it just kept going from there. But I mean, creator, you know, creator yeah. adored them well, and Germany, them off. And you know, German the first Sodom and Destruction EPs came out. But they came out more like when Haunting the Chapel came out. But like, you know, I mean, everyone, everyone's sound changed if you went to extreme music and you heard Slayer. Yeah. There was like a before Slayer and an after Slayer. And no along question. with, along with Shona Mercy, you'd have to put in Kill 'Em All as well. Those two oh, records sorry. took all the bands that were toying with speed and aggression and just kicked it up a notch you know so which brings us to the EP uh, Haunting the Chapel um, which has four three three songs the Aggressive Perfector is from that's from a Metal Massacre comp okay that's the bonus you're right that's the first song they ever put out technically it came out on a Metal Massacre comp just before Show No Mercy oh yeah there it goes compilation 83 yeah so uh, is that e- the Metal Mask come? That first one that it's had not the hit first the light? one. The first one is Metallica. Right. Okay. The Slayer one is two or three. Okay. They did a bunch of lines. Right. So Haunting the Chapel comes. Great title. Um, Chemical Warfare, which to this day they still play. The killer song. Pretty much yeah. anytime I see them play live, I feel. As they should. That song fucking kills. Yeah. yeah. Um, once again, records that I get into way later on. So I'll go to you, Lang, and anything you want to say about Haunting the Chapel. Just it's it's one of the best EPs I own. Like I said, Chemical Warfare is one of my favorite Slayer songs of all time. I'm glad it's still in the rotation. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, I didn't have that when it came out either. I was after the fact with Haunting the Chapel, yeah. Live Undead and whatnot. But uh, yeah, it fucking kills. 
Yeah, and and just the title, like I, they kept it, they yeah. kept it evil, sure. haunting the chapel. You got it. You know, gore, super ghoulish. Um, the title was amazing. Uh, this guy Jeff Klinger made a tape of it for me. I didn't have it when it came out. I got it probably a month or two after the fact, and um, he made me a tape of it. And it was just ridiculous, and he wrote me out the lyrics somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, which is strange. Nice. That's, that's <laughs> passion. Yeah, I mean, it you had was, fans it was, back then too. Nah, that's real <laughs> satanic <laughs> passion. Yeah. Spreading, yeah, the, spreading the message. Jeff Klinger. I mean, yeah, Jeff Klinger was on point for that. <laughs> um, he had a brother, Roger, and like Roger, this guy Roger had like every record back then. He probably probably close to you know what this guy had back then. And, yeah, you know, he would. He was just a different level of what I could achieve and like what I was able to. You know, he went to all the shows and anyway, this guy Jeff put me onto that and. Uh, it still remains one of the most, I mean, chemical warfare, even if it's played out a little bit, which it's not. But it's not, but yeah. It's, but it's it's still the most devastating. I, I'm just thinking, yeah. I, I always put myself in the shoes of thinking of like 1984, like what does this sound? It's almost like when Sabbath comes out, it's so mind-blowing, like 84 drops, not too many bands The brutality is like un- unbelievable well, for yeah. the time frame that well, they yeah. were doing that. And you think I mean, we were just talking to Sean the Mercy and think what you're listening to it, the jump to this. Is is yeah. big? Oh, absolutely! You know what I mean? Fucking just. This is almost rip. scrapping the maiden part of it and just going full. Oh, they're working with for the, the guy downstairs part. at this point. Now yeah. just, it's, <laughs> yep. they're on cruise control right now. Yeah. That's really one of my favorite parts because the moment in time they were on cruise control, like Kerry was possessed. Like these weren't guys like, like you see them in magazines. They weren't like cool. They were like really possessed by Satan. This wasn't That's a it. joke at one point. <laughs> I, it really wasn't. It's like. There, there were bands that would put, you know put on eyeliner and wear like gauntlets and stuff and like they're full of shit. You know, yeah. they look like abattoir clones. Yeah, like Manowar going Iron to Angel. get pastrami heroes. They're not walking down the street like <laughs> they're about to like with their invade balls a fucking. Yeah, nah. yeah. You know, let's be real. That's too Sh- bad though. Shout out to Manowar. That'll be the next episode. <laughs> yeah. I'll do Manowar. <laughs> I'll do Manowar. Right. Yeah, there's that. Here we go. All right, done. <laughs> Ron, what do you remember about this EP? Oh, this this like up the ante. You know. I, I worshipped it. It did. Those solos ripped hard. I worshipped this fucking EP. But I was such an angry kid, and I didn't have a, I didn't have an outlet yet. So I would just play this till the, my speakers were shaking, and I would just sit in my room and cut myself with razor blades and just stare at the lyric sheet as if I didn't already know the off. words. I was that <laughs> tapped in. Like, yeah. It was, you know. It, was it anyone was, else feeling them as hard as you were back then that you that you hung out with? I had a few friends that loved them. I don't think they were quite as angry as I was, but they absolutely loved them. My friend Pete was a Slayer freak, uh, and a few other friends. They were definitely into it, but they were, along with Merciful Fate, they were probably my two favorite bands at that time. And uh, it was, they were the only ones that were feeding that need, you know? Right. That was the thing. Fate was like, satanic too. These are the most satanic bands at the time. That's really it's important yeah. to stress. And that, that wasn't you know? a common thing. No, no, not. Fate was dark and it was moody. Slayer was like violence, and so it was like being that age and in that mindset. These and the and the music's phenomenal. I, they could be singing about fucking puppies, and I would still love the you, music. You still didn't see them live at this point. No, I didn't see Slayer to '86 because I was too young. I couldn't okay. get in the clubs, and they hadn't even come to New York. Um, they didn't get here until, I think, 84. They got here for Haunting the Chapel. They did a signing at Slip Disc, and they played across the street. The Rio, uh-huh. right? Yeah, they yeah. played the Rio Theater, which is where Metallica also played New York for the first time on the Kill Em All tour. But, um, and I couldn't even get there. It's like, 
to get to that record store then I was like 14 or so I had no way to even get to a record store then. I mean I was so young yep. mm. only years only like two years later when I met the guys two or three years older they were all going because the difference between 14 and 16 or 17 is massive then oh, yeah. you know kids have cars they have ways to get places yeah. so but yeah I worship this EP Cool. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, once again, like I said, it's something that I got into later on mm-hmm. from from point A, and uh, you just hear, you know, the rawness from that first album to this. It just, it just these fucking like dive bomb solos are just like, like blow your hair back, shit. So. That was the other thing I had never heard, because I, you know, I grew up a traditional rock guy into tra- sure, sure. into metal. Yeah, I'd never heard solos in my life like Slayer. Yeah. yeah. They were so fast and so aggressive. borderline tuneless. Out of key. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> Completely. Just, it was just frantic and violent and borderline matter. senseless, and it was perfect. Perfect, dude. I don't yeah. want to hear a smooth, like, I don't want to hear a smooth Iron Maiden solo in a Slayer song. No. It doesn't fit. It doesn't fit, yeah. It's the chaos that those solos added was like, maybe technically wrong, but fuck that. It's I remember amazing. my guitar yeah, teacher yeah. growing up because he would... He would just play play tracks, and he'd be able to transcribe for me, write tabs, and uh, whatever I wanted to learn that week. And I remember playing him Slayer for the first time, and he's transcribing. He's like, stops. He's like, you know, these guys are pretty like horrible, right? <laughs> 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 like technically, I'm just saying. I'm like, oh, what do you mean? It's where fucking is shred, where you know? is that guy at right he's now? He's like, you'll meet him. Oh, you'll meet him at the Black co- Label <laughs> show. Did he co-write the dirt? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But no, he was just explaining. He's like, you know, just as far as key and stuff yeah. like that. He I'm got not, it, what they were trying to do. But he's just like, you know. Yeah. If you're learning you know, theory, what, what, forget as, that. As, as a musician, some, sometimes, uh, you know, for, for someone like me, you know, I love Greg Ginn from Black Flag. And some right. of the Sonic Youth stuff. And the stuff that they played was dirty and ugly. And it didn't make sense. Like, yeah. for if you're listening to music... Uh, so you either get dissonance or you don't. It's a different approach. It, you know? it sounds like right. We talked about right. how we like ugly sounding records. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, but I get how somebody will hit play and be like, "This is terrible," and I'm like, "Yeah, no, I, I, I guess it is, but it's still awesome, though." Yeah. Like, you know. Well, what he explained to me, you know, and I agree with him. He's like, you know, it, it works for this. Yeah. This is so aggressive, and that's what I, he's like. If he, David Gilmore is a great guitarist, if you put him in Slayer, it would sound stupid. If you Absolutely. put fucking well, Kerry yeah. King and Pink Floyd, it would sound yeah. stupid. Uh, it's what, yeah, the whole we'll approach. Say. But there's mm. art to it, you know. Yeah. Like it looks easy, and it's like it looks like it might be easy to do. And there's, there used to be a lot of bands back in the day, like you know, garage bands that would cover Slayer songs. But um, they have their own sound. It's yeah. hard. It's not. It, it's you know, it was the well, first real of all, they were. They were playing as fast as anybody, and they were ferociously tight. And most bands that were playing that fast weren't tight. Definitely yet. not. Right. No. They didn't have that chemistry, and no. it was so new to play that yeah. fast. You know, now kids are playing blast beats after playing drums for six months because they're trained a way to do it. This is like, this is like you know, learning from scratch right. and pushing it to the boundaries and not having any foundation. There's no records to go home and practice to. Yeah, you're just in your room going. It's like that's all there was. There was nothing before "Show No Mercy" and "Kill 'Em All." There was nothing to speed pick to even, much less everything else. Double bass, the way Slayer certainly brought it to the forefront. Totally, this is a brand new sound. So it's like, you know, it's like Venom. Venom are the perfect. They were a complete train wreck musically, but they pushed everything to the limits, and then other people. Listened to it, absorbed it, and perfected it. Yes. Exactly. So, you know, they're the only 
precursor to Slayer, really. But Slayer was so much faster, more precise, and precise for sure. Because like even like the punk and hardcore stuff, you know, that was kind of coming out at that time. It was before this. That's what influenced them. Yeah, it was still. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, they were influenced. They mentioned by like DRI, Dead Kennedys, verbal like abuse, that. and all. Yeah, you know, all the California stuff. Yeah. That that was where they got the speed from, and so did Metallica. Yeah. But those bands were mostly playing power chords, yes. right. shorter songs, very loose. very short, if not any solos. But, so, very, but very loose, yeah, definitely. Like they, yeah. they, they brought that tightness for sure. That's so. why Slayer appealed to me in, in those bands too, because I loved punk and stuff like that, but I did love the, some good musicianship. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it just kind of tightened, like you said, how tight they are, you know like, what I mean? I like it all. Uh, yeah. So that brings us to Hell Awaits, which is probably my favorite cover because so it's good. so fucking like it just I mean look at it. I drew it on one of my notebooks and and got a uh, a letter sent home. Did you? Yes. My teacher did not was quite disturbed by it. Be proud. I did a good job. Oh, yeah, I was going to say did you do that good of a job? Yeah, I copied like, it. I was a great copier. Yeah. You know? But uh yeah, this record fucking That's probably kills. my favorite artwork too, now that I think yeah. about it. It's so good. It's cover's still haunting, dude. It's just it's evil. Still. It's it just That you, intro, that artwork and that intro cuz yes. I remember the first time I heard these records. Yes. You know, you're starving for something that's going to make you want to like do something irrational <laughs> and like this yeah, is like, like your fix, this you know. It, dude. That like I want to murder someone. I hope shady. this new Slayer record really helps. I hope this brings it. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I don't know. It's hard to explain to people, but I wasn't. People who were for like really fiending for this stuff, they weren't looking for happiness. They were yeah. looking for something, an outlet for something different. Well, they wanted to die usually or kill. Yeah. Jackpot. Yeah. So that's this shit got that more was serious. the dude. I bought Iron Maiden and it made me psyched and it made yeah. me kind of. I mean, I love Iron Maiden as we all know that we sure. all do, but it brought out a different emotion. Inspired, yeah. inspired, yeah. Very, yeah. And my, Maiden brought out like my more like rational thoughts and just my loving of music and just metal in general. But Slayer brought out my darker side, and it's what I needed more at that point. And very few at before them, no one did it aside from Merciful Fate. And you could tell they meant business on the back because the, they had the, the makeup came off. Even this record was more seriously evil. I could, you see the four piece pictures that this is they, they scrapped stopped the, the makeup, makeup right after yeah. show after no show no mercy, but the pictures on the back and stuff. But yeah, I love this record how it how it comes in and leaves on the same that same yeah. fucking drum beat that kind of like lets you into this fucking world and then eases you out of it. Yeah, Maiden's trying to talk to you about Alexander the Great and Slayer's like yo. <laughs> Let's talk about hell right now because it <laughs> Fucking dead people. This is their first fucking dead people Absolutely song, right? Absolutely ritualistic, dude. This yeah. whole album is ritualistic. <laughs> so uh, any memories you want to add to about this record when you first heard so, it, Langan? This was my first Slayer record I got. And like I said, I remember the same thing, looking at this cover, listening to the, you know, the fucking backward message and, and having to spin that back and fucking what, join us, join us, that fucking shit. And like, yeah. oh, oh my God, I got something fucking specially evil here. Yeah, because people were trying to warn against that, but like most of us were like, "Whoa, that's awesome!" If you play yeah. it backwards, this is what happens. Of course, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it was right in my wheelhouse as a kid, you know. But uh, this is another one of my favorite Slayer tracks. Uh, At dawn they sleep. Still one of my favorite, like complete songs as far as uh, the tempo changes, how it's fast, it's slow at parts, great breakdown, the kill, kill, kill chants oh, yeah. about fucking zombies, yeah. shit. I mean, come on. Yeah, great. It's perfect. Uh, I don't know who who took most of the lyrics on this. Was it like we're because I feel like Tom didn't really write much. Kerry King and Hanneman so. wrote most of the lyrics. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, so they, they they were on point on this one. Gore, anything you remember about this one? 
Uh, I mean, I wish I remembered more. But you ever, uh, you ever murder anyone to this one? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I've definitely wanted to at least twenty six <laughs> times. Yeah, this brought out a lot of fucked up shit in my life at that point. I mean, um, I listened to this eight hours a day. You know, I took the cover, ripped it apart, put it on my wall. I mean, you know, it was absolutely ridiculous. Um, to me, it's still the definitive. I think. I mean, as far as it got nastier, it got speedier. Um, something about the lyrics. I mean, the first album was highly satanic too, but there's just something about this one. It's this one's my very favorite out of the the first. And there's real wave. symbols. There's real symbols yeah. on this. So yeah. yeah, that's true. Definitely. Um, and I think the difference between this and the, you know the one after Rain and Blood is just really production-wise, maybe you know. Well, uh, we'll get into that later. There's okay. more than that. I think okay. it's a big shift. Big shift. Big shift. Okay. So, what do you remember about Hello Eternal? Again, I, I mean, I worship this record. And uh, this record, to me, was... Did you still I mean, listen? Kill Again, Praise of Death. No, I bought this. <laughs> but, um, you know, everything on this record is dark. And everything on this record is unapologetically violent. And, uh, you, you know, it's so funny because you look at Slayer now, but you never imagined that a band like this could sell more than 50,000 copies. Absolutely. You figured every town had like two guys and you would go to a, you know, if you went to a mall and you saw a dude in a Slayer shirt, you walked right up to him yeah. from Hell Awaits and back. It was like meeting an immediate blood brother. Absolutely. It was like a complete secret society. And uh, after Rain and Blood, I don't think it feels that way. And I think that's for a lot of reasons, from label shifts to production, like you said. We'll get into that in a minute. But yeah. Hell Awaits is the, the end of the real dark, true cult underground slayer. They And they were at the... But when this came out, this put them at the top of that heap. But... Uh, Just the beginning of, of, of this track here, I mean, we'll listen to it, is the most savage intro of any Slayer song, I believe. Yeah? They played the riff. I mean, they played that riff once and then went into this. I mean, they never went back to that first... That's the other thing. There's so many and ideas on this record. Oh, this yeah. record's kind of frantic. That's what I'm saying. Completely. Yeah. The writing is... Like they could, there's enough riffs on here for three records. For, yeah, for real. Definitely. You know, they, and like I said, de definitely for someone who went backwards. Uh, to me, it's just this is the one. I might even. And there isn't. What, how did it sound to you? Like, because you said I seasons was the first yeah. thing. So when you go went back to listen to this, like, what is it? That's do two to different you? bands. Two. Yeah. Yeah, it is. For someone is. who started at seasons, yeah. right? For people like us who went up with it, it's just an evolution. But yeah. to, to hear them at their like. Their professional peak, and then hear them as like just really violent teenagers. It's got to be a weird shift backwards. It, it is a weird shift uh, because you're, you know, you're listening to what almost feels like demos, um, different era. But this this record in particular, just I could probably listen to this one more than Rain. Mm -hmm. uh, but maybe because I heard Rain so much more, right? You know, and I haven't heard this one as much. Uh, but it, yeah, it just sounds like the, the, the early raw shit right there. No politics in this. There's, it's nothing about politics. Uh, there's no jihad. There's no, there's nothing about that. Murder. It's just raw fucking killing. Yeah. It's just. That, there's something about this record and everything before it that is strictly like, and I don't mean this to sound like they went in a way where they were very, like they had a demographic in mind, but this record and back you're playing to a real small segment, even of the metal community. Because when Shona Mercy and Hoyna Chawa came out, you played it for regular metalheads. They were not ready for it. Definitely not. And they weren't ready for Hell Awaits either. Rain and Blood between the fact that by then Metallica had three records out, 
thrash was becoming a more mainstream thing. It's got a perfect production. That's why when we talk about Rain, it's different. It's a different thing. It's a professional band in a, a recognized music genre. This is just music for fucked up dirtbags. <laughs> and Rain and Blood brought in people that weren't fucked up dirtbags. They just liked metal. They had a good time. Yeah. I didn't know anyone who liked early, early Slayer. It wasn't like fucked in the head. Definitely. And that got lost after Hell Awaits. And I'm not saying it's the band's fault, but... Doesn't There's it a, always happen? Like you know, it's you, inevitable. It's and ine- I mean, with every yeah. band, usually it I is mean, inevitable. Iron Maiden. I mean, dif- you know, it is part of what it is. But for Slayer, at least, like this is the cutoff of being like, if you played this to people who liked Iron Maiden and Judas Priest when this came out, this is noise to them. Yes, the way anal cunt is for your mother. Yeah, they were just like, what is this noise? They couldn't even right. wrap their head around it. It was right. garbage to them. I yeah. had friends that specifically thought it was garbage. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of my friends this. got into them around Rain and Blood or South of Heaven even. Sure. And then they were like, they got into Slayer because you know, by then Slayer had you know, toned it down a bit and made more professional, produced, less violent sounding music. And you know, I don't, I don't fault them for it, but it's not the same. To, to, it's not, to like South of Heaven is to just like really great metal music. To like Hell Awaits when it came out different as this animal. cacophony of noise and violence is a completely different mindset. Yeah. And that, that's what it is. I think, you know, just the evolution, man. Sometimes everything, you know, even like production, uh, just the songwriting, like it just happens. Right. Uh, some well, look at the songwriting here. The songwriting is chaotic. Chaotic. Absolutely. There's nothing that's like, oh, this is like a smooth transition. <laughs> <laughs> like no, you listen no. to Seasons in the Abyss and it's like the acoustic intro into the perfect power yeah. chord riff. Yes. Right. There's <laughs> nothing like this. No. This is like getting hit in the head with 50 different weapons. It's like, it's it's like oh, here's the hammer. It's like it's here's a, the knife. Yeah, it's like it's raining oh. hammers on yeah. you, basically, and you're trying to like run that's away. Perfect. And then you yeah. turn a corner and you get hit with a different weapon because out of nowhere they change the riff. You're, pul- like, you're pulverized, dude. Yeah, yeah. it's a... It's a relentless. Kind what about of thing. the screams? The screams on this record are also savage. Yeah. Um, the tormented, sound. tormented, painful. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the feelings of Mr. Araya on these tracks. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, so that, I mean, Hell Waits is untouchable. Cool. And so, the end of that era for me, wait, the the end of an era. I, I mean, Rain and Blood. We'll talk about next. Yeah, we'll talk about that. So, all right. So you you know you guys are satisfied. You hear Hell Waits. You guys are, are younger kids. It's riff right here. And, uh, you know, do, do you feel, you know, once you're done listening to Hello do you feel like, where does this band go from here? I wasn't thinking that far ahead. I just yeah. thought they were the most brutal band Definitely. in the world, and that was it. And you never thought, like, at this point, you're like, oh, wow, they're playing to, like, 400 people instead of 200. Yeah. Like, you didn't see anything. A big future. It was way right. too fucked up of a music. Right. style of music and lyrics and image that you had even though they were the best at it you were like well how big can something like this get you never yeah. thought they were going to get you never yeah, had you that never, feeling like yeah. Meta- it was the different than Metallica the concept of playing the garden is laughable yeah. at this point like you can't even imagine Felt Forum <laughs> like give me a break Absolutely. when they played the Felt Forum that was weird back then that was mind blowing yeah. and the show was mind blowing so that, wasn't that was the show where no, we ripped was, the seats out yeah we'll I had get a bootleg of that we'll get to that so a year a year later they fucking come out, you know, with uh, obviously Rain and Blood, yeah. the one that to this day, uh, you know, people say is the best thrash record of all time. Maybe, maybe so, depending on who you are. 
Um, supposedly, Rick Rubin had nothing to do with it. He just, <laughs> according to them, he just walked in and just like, eh, sounds all right. And then he would like a lot of his. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he seems. To I just did read a quote from him when he when they finished it. His statement was, "You realize how short this is." <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Twenty eight yeah. minutes. Twenty eight minutes long. Um, but obviously, you know, the quintessential opener here. And like yeah. Gore said for the last uh, album, just that scream. And all of a sudden you hear the difference completely in the production. Uh, things seem a little tighter, a little clearer. What do you remember about Rain and Blood the first time you heard it? I was eagerly awaiting it. And was I remember going to the record store and getting it. And uh, it was just such a punch across the face. Like it's just a barrage. Where you're saying that... This to me was getting hit with like one blunt object as opposed to the 50, you know, things to me. But like, it just, even to this day, if I put that album on in that short time and I'm driving my car, like, I find myself going like 90 fucking or 100 miles yeah. an hour. Like, I feel like it should be an excuse for spe a speeding ticket. Like, yeah. if I'm listening to Rain and Blood, well, I understand. Now, like, that would be that would be cool. You know yeah, what I mean? Slayer from Rain and Blood back <laughs> should get you acquitted of violent crimes. I, I agree. Think so too. Yeah. Really? Wouldn't that be great? Someone's got to try it. Yeah. Try the, try you know the defense before I, it. Yeah. Somebody you know. needs to try it to just kind of see. But yeah, it puts me in a, it's, it's a, just a completely f so fast, frantic headset. Like it, 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 it amps me up. It's a, it's a, and Lombardo is just as a, a huge Lombardo fan. Like this is just a fucking sick record for him. I love every minute. Yeah. And these it. songs, yeah. they play a whole bunch of them live and they still come across great. Yeah. It's and savage, this record. It's a part of like their fabric for sure. Sure, a lot of this record. So. It's one of the benchmark thrash albums, you know. And yeah. Whatever the conversation and the list go up, you know, it's right there. Um, Gore, what do you remember about '86? Like from Hell Awaits to this, how did you feel when you first put it on? Uh, it was pretty horrific. I I heard Angel of Death on a radio show, Midnight Metal, so eighty nine point five, and this guy Matt O'Shaughnessy was playing new tracks. Yeah, and, uh, he played he played Angel of Death, and it was it was unexplainable dude of how amazing it sounded how yeah. better it sounded um i mean look what those kids from bergenfield in jersey did those guys got a copy of the record and locked themselves in the car and put on the exhaust and that was it i mean that's, <laughs> I mean, another, that's, that, an, that's a whole other thing that's but a powerful record right there for sure it made them do that yeah so i mean um again not to keep retorting back to the satanic influence but yeah. this fucked a lot of people up in the head it and did it made them go a very different path Nice kids were going the opposite way. More windows were getting broken. Yeah. People were getting beat up, jumped, robbed. Um, listening to this specifically. Listening, yeah. It was around at the time. It was in the air. Um, Geraldo would do specials and, you know, just name, the names would come up in magazines of just yeah. being so fucking violent. If, I mean, if someone's never listened to this album and, uh, you know, you gave it to them, uh, what what's the one song that you would tell them to listen to first, or like you know to get their attention? Maybe piece by piece or yeah. epidemic. Um, not angel of death, just because you'd save that. Sure, and, and not mm -hmm. rain and blood. Yeah, you know somewhere something in the middle. Arguably the best opener and closer ever. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, Jeff, I mean they, Jeff said at the time that it's not that it's it's twenty seven minutes, but he said there's just as many riffs as. Any of the other records or any other record is just it's so fast it's that so it fast. just goes, that goes by. I remember reading some with him once, and or supposedly said like uh, you know as far as Megadeth and Metallica's longer songs and and riffing and shit like that, 
that he wanted to do like an anti that to drop that out a little bit, cut the filler, make like Dude. almost a punk. Fucking well, they said they were listening record. to a lot of hardcore and punk before yeah. this. Absolutely. Makes sense. So that was, I think that was the, the more direct and shorter songs. Definitely. And the extreme speed. I think but, DRI yeah. fucked them up. I think DRI, yeah, DRI, DRI they, really fucked them yeah. up. Bad they the they really, worshipped DRI. Yeah, absolutely. They were just, yeah, which we were listening to on the way here. Yeah. Yeah. And Felix was the fastest. I thought at that time within, you know. Actually. Kurt's brother was the fastest. No doubt. Yeah, no the doubt, original no drummer. That dude was... That dude was super fast. But also, yeah. you get, like, you know, at this point, you get bands... You're trying to differentiate. So, you do get, like, the creators. You get Metallica. You get Anthrax. Uh, Megadeth. All these people coming up at the same time that, you know, I would imagine, you know, at some point, everyone's riffing so hard that fucking, you know, I'm, I'm sure Henneman, fucking Carrier, like, we have to just outdo everyone to the point where... You know, we get to the next record yeah. and everyone's got to slow down because it's like, where do you go from here? So, exactly. Ron, so, you, you know, you're loving the first few records, the EP. You know, uh, do you remember where you were when you first got Rain and Blood? Yeah, because I borrowed it from... I uh, I wasn't going to get money until that Friday. And I was like, fuck, the Slayer record had come out like a day before. So I remember going to school that day and I... I was looking for all... I had, like, four friends who were diehards like me. Not... They got into Slayer a little later, but they worshipped Slayer. And I found one of them in front of the pizza place. I'm like, dude, tell me you have the new Slayer in there. And he got a Walkman. He's like, yeah. And I just grabbed his tape. I'm like, later, dude. I'll see you tomorrow. He's like, where the fuck are you going? I'm like, fuck you. Did you just Debo Slayer? <laughs> I just took it. And, uh, you know, the tape back then had the music on... The Both full side. album was on sides, each side. Yeah. Just flip yeah, it yeah. over. And, I mean, I must... I. I took it at like four in the afternoon. I gave it back to him like, you know, eight in the morning the next day. I listened to it like seven times by then. I was just like. Killed the batteries. Yeah, yeah I just. Was That's the worst part about Walkman's when you hit that play and it's like. And everything sounds sludgy. Yeah. Yeah. Something about the tape though, the way that the, the actual cassette looked. Like when it said Slayer, Rain and Blood. And yeah. You know, the, the artwork looked harder on the tape. Yeah, it was just, more like concise. Just something about it. It's just yeah. bloodlust. I, <laughs> I can't even explain it. So Rain and, I mean. It's a perfect record for where they were at. They were writing shorter, more direct songs, way better production. The songs flow perfectly. I mean, it, you know, I'm not yes. going to argue with anyone that it's the best thrash metal record ever. For for wide appeal, definitely. You Point know, sounded. I mean, who could argue it? It was. Yeah. It's clear and still powerful. The songs are perfect. I mean, it's it's an amazing it's record. Sometimes bands put out that polished record. From like you know doing like you know punk shit or whatever, but they didn't lose the energy. That's no, why they didn't lose the energy. That's, that's what it thing. is. That's right. what Ruben wanted. Ruben was like, I love the first records. He's like, but I want to get rid of the reverb that you had on yeah. Hello Waits. That was a big problem for him. That's why if you listen to both records, it sounds so good, Rain and Blood, because they took away everything that was yep. washed, washed. So everything became dry and in your dry face. And in your face, yeah. And plus you have like mastering that like Rick Rubin. He has his secrets. It's like it's it's a rumor that he would go in and do nothing. It's not completely true, but his secret is the mastering too. Like he has a hand in that wide. It's like if you take Red Hot Chili Peppers. I'm not comparing the music, but if you take their mastering of like the top quality mastering and you put throw that on like a Rain and Blood, that's why it sounds that that's way. If, if Ruben wasn't it's there, a good point, it would never ever sounded Rain and Blood that tour. Good. They sounded like that washing machine of Hello Waits. Right. Exactly. It's just like this chaos of noise, and that was the first tour. Well, I actually saw them before Rain and Blood came out. Oh, yeah. So you, when did you first see them? I want to say 87. 87, yeah. so after. When did you first see them, Langan? Uh, south of Heaven, too. South of Heaven. Yeah. I saw them about 
a month before Rain and Blood came out. They oh wow, where it was at Lemoore. They I weren't playing. Show. It was Possessed at War and Blood Feast. Wow, and Slayer were in town. <laughs> That's fucking brutal. It was a great show, yeah. and um, of course it was. And uh, <laughs> Slayer Bastard. were in town, and they came in, and you know the word went through the club like, "Holy shit, Slayer's here!" And uh, I was like, "Holy fuck, they're gonna play!" And at the end of Possessed, Possessed played their set, and they're like, "Oh, we have some friends here," and they handed their gear off to Slayer, and they did. Two songs of Rain of Blood, which wasn't out yet. No one got murdered? Oh, it was chaos. <laughs> Dude, he was it at was, that show. Imagine, yeah. I'm sitting home. Yeah. I don't, I mean, it was, I would see this guy at shows years yeah. ago, but he was there. <laughs> I'm home looking at the wall, knowing that's happening. It was <laughs> chaos. So imagine my life. He got to see that. Was it was, there. I mean, I was so pissed because, you know, I liked him from the first week of the first album, and I was too young to even see them. So my, my friends who were three years older that I met a little later on, they're like, oh, we've seen Slayer like two or three times because they saw him and I was already so... So, I mean, that this story is amazing. I was in like the third row of Lamore when they came out and there was this hot blonde chick with Halford spikes, like from like wrist to elbow. And she was rubbing my dick with one hand and punching me in the head with the Halford spikes that were like mini nails. <laughs> Yo. The entire four songs. All while Gore, Gore was out? Yeah, and people... <laughs> punching my own and I was face so with close. spikes and whacking off to yeah. nothing. And I was so close that people were stage diving and like kicking me in the face because, I mean, the crowd was going ballistic. She just was, grabbed your dick? She was grabbing it and rubbing it with one hand and punching me as hard as she could with her spikes. Yeah. It's Symbolic the beginning of most of, women. You know? yeah. I definitely yeah. have to thank her for some of my sexual... Uh, preferences so she like that's what slayer made her do she was like putting holes in my head with i had a headache for weeks it was nuts <laughs> explains she was a lot punching me <laughs> punching me like it was brutal. guys break windows to slayer girls do that yeah that's it <laughs> and you know i was like i was like maybe se- just turned 17 she was like 21 and hot i'm like what's happening you're right so guys throw rocks through windows and girls just yank on dicks <laughs> i would love to know what happened to this girl if i knew where she lived there i mean I if you're listening please her. uh slide into ron's dm she probably is like catholic Christian now or just dead she's not here she's probably not here anymore yeah yeah. (laughs) she was wonderful so that was the first time I saw her it was just fucking insane and then a few months later in December of 86 uh, they played with Agnostic Front at the Ritz wow another show I missed that's crazy this other band E-Trope it's it's, uh, spelled Zotrope amazing band from Chicago was that like when uh, I guess AF was doing like a little crossover Course for Alarm yeah yeah amazing show First time I saw Agnostic Front, too. And again, I was into Agnostic Front for the first record, but was too young, so I hadn't seen them yet, either. What was that crowd like for those two It's bands? everything you could imagine. Yeah. That was... Who grabbed your dick during that show? Nobody, but I was just glad no <laughs> one God. punched my face. And, you know, that was like... I mean, that's a, on paper, that's a bloodbath and a half. Yes. But Slayer fans were... The average metal fans definitely just got crushed by skinheads constantly. But Slayer was like a the lot of fringe. love between those two. No, there was worlds. no love. It was hard back balls. in the day. When Slayer came on. Metalheads that were like frail compared to the skinheads, they kind of got bold. They would get up and just they would get up. They would, and the Slayer fans were so extreme. Two outcast groups fighting each other. Yeah. yeah. But but the thing is that every hardcore guy I knew loved Slayer. Slayer was like the band that got a pass, even Definitely. if they hated metal. Like mm-hmm. everyone loved Slayer. It was like the band that. Slayer and Motorhead and Motorhead, Sabbath yeah. got the pass, and nobody else. Kill 'em all got a pass, I think. So yeah, and Kill 'em all, but um, even George liked one of those three bands, right? <laughs> Which one? Because <laughs> we always talk about how we got in through metal, and we're at George's house, by the way. And uh, George is thank you, George. George, George, yeah, George is George is very not metal. 
We'll, we'll get him there. We, we got to do that. I think I- he would have got there by now. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure he would have found it. He's been around there for 34 years, probably. Just waiting for the right moment, yeah. that right band. Yeah, yeah. Waiting for the right he moment to make you break a he window. Still hasn't, <laughs> he still hasn't heard that, that, that one band real soon, though. Something might come on right now. He might grab a rock and fucking break his neighbor's Just window. To, yep. Might Who break knows? his own window. <laughs> if you make cryonics louder, I'll break his neighbor's window. But, uh, so, yeah, that, that tour was insane. But Slayer fans were... The extreme of the metal crowd, and uh, I mean the crowd. There were punks there too. It was just a total mix of. It was an amazing show, obviously. And on Rain of Blood, they were unstoppable. They were just this ferocious fucking band. Also, too, like, what do you remember about '86? Like, all these records were coming out. Like, what the fuck? Was well, I was that deeply about? into hardcore by '86. By '86, even by '85. Do you remember like '86 when like all those fucking? Well, a lot every- of stuff was coming out. A lot of stuff was Dark Angel. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Possessed those bands were all before. coming out in 84 if you were, like, buying first records and demos, which I was buying demos. I was tape trading a bit, and I was buying everyone's debut records. Like, you were always a collector then. Well, but I wasn't collecting then. I was just trying to find the music. Yeah. There was no other way to get it. You either bought it or you taped it off someone. So I wasn't like, oh, I need the import on blue vinyl. I was like, I want to hear this fucking album. Right. So you had no choice, you know. So by 86, I mean... Most of the bands I liked were on their second and third records. Destruction Creator, Sodom, Celtic Frost, going back to Hellhammer. Like, 86 is almost like... The change for some bands. Yeah, and then there was the new wave of bands that just put their debuts out in 86 who were also amazing. It was just an incredible time, and hardcore was... had been crossing over for about a year or so, and a lot of that was happening, like, since 85, like DRI and COC and... Yeah. Definitely. SOD came yeah. out. Like that so it became a blur and it did become much more violent going back to like the Slayer Agnostic Front show. But COC had really like the weird like they were the most crossover ever. Like yeah. you know, when you listen to those first like two or three records. Well, they were a straight hardcore band and then yeah. they switched to like more of a yeah, skittered exactly Sabbath stoner. Yeah. It's weird a, it's like a uh, ministry. It's as extreme as, yeah, so, <laughs> you know, yeah. From, yeah, start yeah. here and end up here. You but know? it was but, a hey. little more gradual in ministry. Ministry just yeah, switched. Yeah, that was pretty much overnight. But um, so anyway, yeah, Rain and Blood was, I mean, it's a perfect record. Cool. So what about you with Rain and Blood? For me, listening to Angel of Death was like the ultimate. Like you put that, you put that whole record on, but specifically, uh, even like when Postmortem into Rain and Blood, like, it's just fucking perfect. Yeah. Like, it's just brutal. Um, I remember also listening to Public Enemy and Channel Zero. They fucking took yeah. the breakdown yeah. to Angel of Death. And I'm like, Hank Shockley, you fucking brilliant <laughs> bastard. How the fuck did you think of that? Uh, but yeah, it was it was super, super big for me. I remember having the cassette, and it was like, that's it. It was just like breakneck speed completely. Yep. Uh, and I stopped there. I listened to some of the earlier stuff later on, and it, no, when I listened to it, it, it didn't grab me to like later on, you know, then hella waits. So I was like, oh, I, I kind of get this now, but that was like the, the line for me because it was just something that I was used to. I was used to that quality of production mm-hmm. that once I went backwards, I'm like, oh, it's cool, but it's not like um, fucking Rain and Blood. It's not like right. fucking South of Heaven, all these other ones, so. What do you think about Kerry in uh, the Beastie Boy video? His appearance. <laughs> At first, I didn't even know. I was like, "Wait, I thought it was hilarious." Kerry yeah. King. Totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I thought it was fucking hilarious. I thought he did he 
he played it solo, right? That was him. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. plays the solo and he's one. in the video. He's in the video, yeah. Um, and it was his first take. He said he plugged in, and, and he had hair. Like, yes. Yeah, he had the old, that was the end of the old Slayer. Yeah. Look. Well, he had it on South of Heaven too. Yeah, before the Oakleys, big yeah. spiky, yeah, spiky yeah, exactly. bracelet, and the the, the the chain wallet, the mega and the awful tribal tats. What is this? Yeah. Jesus. The chain wallet is like that's all other episode. His wallet <laughs> and the tattoos. Yeah, that's yeah. God hates us all. I mean, we could do a whole episode. Yo, he's like OG affliction though, and all that dumb shit. Yeah. That macho jock crap. He's that was post his like Oakleys, L- L.A. Though. Raiders phase when he just wore Raiders gear. Now we're going like, ba- to bash him for two hours. Yeah. <laughs> and those Oakleys. Was those, were those Oakleys? Remember that sunglass slayer? I can't wait that's for him, down the road a little him bit. and Yannick Gers to fucking <laughs> <Face up. laughs> protest the podcast. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to kick it up to uh, 1988 South of Heaven. Um, this is... Yeah, between this and and and, and uh, seasons, man, this this is my shit right here. But it's because you know I like melody and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big pussy when it comes to songwriting. So. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was a big shift, obviously. Huge, fucking, huge uh, shift, right? But I like, mean, I was I was in the Slayer camp, so I was down for whatever direction they were going to go. Li- First, I was like, listen, wow, listen but- to that, listen to that intro. Yeah, it kills. Just, and the, and the, and Lombardo's fills on this record yeah. are best so Lombardo much play. fun. This ah. is the best Lombardo it's ridiculous. playing on any record Lombardo than any band. The finished. fills are amazing, and, and it's got record. a great groove to it, man. Like which you wouldn't absolutely. words you wouldn't like say with Slayer normal, but he, well, he has got a swing to, to it. He never had time. No, to swing a it was a breakneck this speed, but this record loosens him up. It's like such a great record for him. And I know, uh, I think Hanneman did most of the songwriting, too. I think Kerry King was got married around then. I think I remember reading, so he was kind of like, felt Oak- like the odd Oakley's man out. endorsement. He was starting to get the Oakley and L.A. Raiders Season tickets to the Raiders. <laughs> he had a lot going on. But, uh, Knee pads. Yeah, I think Han- Hanneman handled <laughs> no, a lot of the writing right. skills. I don't know. <laughs> He was trying to compete with uh, but, Axl Rose's catcher's outfit. But a different, oh, a different approach for Araya, I'm sure too, he caught. A, a lot, too. The vocal was a diff- much different approach. As well, well it, you know, hours. you let... Of course, it slowed down. Yeah, you, know? you let, I guess, the songs breathe a little bit, you yes. know? Yeah, I had no problem with it. I know some people, like, because they changed that fucking style. And I but, get it. But people, you know, people, that's, 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 that's the, the way it goes. That's the direction yeah. they went, you know? Absolutely. But I, I love it. And just like I, we were saying, Lombardo, the Lombardo fills in this record top to bottom. Look, look at that album cover and look at the name of the album. Yeah. I mean, that's fucking, like, that's evil and fucking shit. And it's the first shit. time I got to see them live on this tour. I think it was on Valentine's Day. Did they play in oh, the Coliseum? Yes. On Valentine's Day. Let, let's, let's, see, I'm let's, so let, old that I was like, kind of over it. <laughs> let's pick it up there. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to take a piss. We're going to flip the yeah. tape. Yeah. We're going to take it from the Slayer Testament show. So... Any memories from the Slayer Testament show? That was that was my first Slayer show. I remember I, t- I took a date there. Did Valentine's you really? Day. I took this chick I was trying to go out with. Uh, Did you knuckle I don't know her? if she really liked it. We never went out again. <laughs> Might have been too much. Might have been yeah. a bad, bad first date. Did you pay for her ticket? Was she a metal yeah. chick at least? Yeah, yeah. No, oh. she was cool. She okay. was just, I, I, don't think, I don't think uh, it's a weird first this date. was her cup of tea. Yeah. You know? She was into hysteria. But, uh... <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> she was she was more into like uh, punk and shit like that. But uh, but yeah. But needless to say, but it was my first time seeing them. 
I love the spectacle of it. I loved. I was on like the second level up at Nuts Coliseum, so I got to see the complete floor pit going on. Fucking chaos down. Chaos, yeah. Yeah, it was. It was a bloodbath. It what was, was great. the What was the production value of that stage? Like just, just random. Like with the South of Heaven cover. Or? Yeah, it had that backdrop on it. I don't remember a lot of specifics. There's probably some crooked crosses on there. <laughs> <laughs> crooked crosses. But uh, but uh, yeah, no, it was it was killer. Cool. Fucking great to see him. Gore, anything about South of Heaven, uh, especially since it's such a departure from uh, Rain and Blood? Yeah, it was it was a departure for me for sure. Um, a few of my friends, I, I, you know, like Bill back at the time, like, you know, as soon as Bill heard this, he was ranting and raving about it. It took me a second to really jump on board, honestly, compared mm-hmm. to that. I was still kind of like stuck in that zone. The production I thought was good. It was a little drier. I preferred um, Rain and Blood's production and mastering. To me, this is kind of like the last album where they sounded like that, where they really, the album after the sounds different, you know, yeah. more stripped down in certain ways. Th- yeah, this is definitely like that middle ground. Record. Yeah. So it took me it took me a second to be on board because, you know, Kerry was doing a lot of interviews and stuff and he was saying, oh, you know, the next album's going to sound like Black Sabbath and he was getting me hyped up, you know, so I thought there would actually be more songs in a way, even though I liked the fast songs, but just everything kind of just took... Rain and Blood was instant. It was just like right. instantly yeah. hooked through the 30 minutes. It was like one song, and this took me a couple of listens. For yeah. really, I mean, I knew it was great, but it, it wasn't like, oh, my God, I'm dying. Like, this is the end of the world apocalypse. Yeah. Did you I, wa- I, Did you I, see him on this tour? I did see him on this tour. Um, I saw Lamore's, uh, I don't know if it was August. It's, it's, it's very That was blurry. a testament, too, wasn't it? I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I was think there. it was. Yeah. Shows get blurry. I mean, it's like yeah. I've been to back then. So many shows. It's like Ron knows. I mean, he probably has a better detail of, of events. So yeah, yeah. certain things, I'm just like I have to be reminded of. Like, <laughs> shit, I have to look I'm not the up. best either. I hear yeah, you. You were there. We yeah, saw you. <laughs> what do you think about this album cover? Fucking Excellent. evil, right? Absolutely evil. Yeah. What's great about it is kind of the placement of everything. You have the skull in the middle, but the way the logo kind of sits on the left with with the yellow border. Um, the advisory sticker is a nice touch. Absolutely, yes. It's it's for a the young cover. kid who wants to <laughs> be a find bad stuff. Yeah, I made like, it easy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, around the time uh, that the first power came out, eighty-seven, eighty-eight, <laughs> <laughs> brought the pentagram back for sure. Yeah. Uh, Ron, what do you remember about South of Heaven? I was in shock. I heard a song he mentioned before. Uh, Matt O'Shaughnessy, Midnight Metal, debuted a song. And it was so much more melodic and less aggressive, and the production wasn't nearly as heavy. So at first, I was fully bummed. I taped it too, and I listened to that song like twenty times, and I was like, "Ah." Eh. I was like, I just had to like close my eyes and look at it as like a different thing, and I'd be like, "Okay, they're going for something different. They're changing their style up. It's a lot less extreme and heaviness, but it's it's moody." And it's dark, and it's got a brooding feel to it still. Absolutely. It was still heavy. So, yeah, yeah, it was still heavy. Right. In it was a different just, way. And, um, you know, this is 1988. So by then, I mean, I was much more into hardcore and punk at this point. And also, grindcore was just starting, and I was obsessed with all that. And yeah, so death that, metal was, I was already like three years into like the most extreme death well, metal. Stuff. So Slayer was, was no, was, right, yeah, this exactly. Was, yeah, right. Earache stuff was just starting to pop. Popping hard. So... Slayer was nowhere near the most extreme band at this point. Even by the time Rain, even when Rain and Blood came out, they yeah. weren't. Yeah. But they were just the best at it. So, um, so you know, it was like an older, more mature 
subtle Slayer. And uh, I mean, I think the record's great. I don't like the production. I am not a fan of his vocals on this record. I wish he sang a lot of the songs harder. Not all of them. Mm-hmm. Some of them, the the more speaking of the words I agree. works. And yeah. some songs, it's like, man, that song needs that old punch, and you're not bringing it. He brought that punch back, definitely. Late, well, you did, but in, he, in, he, in he the screams later records, too much on the later records. He does. He's screaming. He's yeah. not. And it's the he's flows. Not the flows. Fire. He's not bringing old school flows. Like exactly, like, your vocal patterns. He doesn't, are he doesn't different. have to go yeah, back to Chemical Warfare, no, but he, he's not. He's not following the syllable of death. He's yes. not following yep. that. He's yep. not following the cadences. You, he's doing something else. Plus, on these records, he started to sing melodic almost even. Like yeah. This on right. the next records, which which I get it. Spill the blood. He's trying to. He's like trying to bridge that gap. He has like four vocal tracks that he's actually, you yeah. know. Yeah, you're, you're right, completely. Like, I'm not that, mad at that. But no, no, I just, but that, and they do a priest cover, which is interesting. What, well, with the the later, um, the later stuff for sure. Like he, that that's the one knock, and it's funny that you mentioned it. He was just fucking. I don't know. There was really no. I, it was he was just screaming these things, and I, I felt like he kind of like ate up a lot of like the the patterns, and it was just well. Like, he kind of. I mean, from from my, I mean, my opinion, I thought. I mean, plus he kind of portrayed in the press he was getting a little bored of just doing the old school kind of style of just screaming like that with the vocal yeah. lines he wanted to do something else plus I mean you gotta keep in mind like they were opening for bigger bands like there was more exposure so they know by putting something in even if he's singing something or attempting to mm-hmm. it's gonna appeal to an audience of whoever they're gonna be touring with for the next year like those right. like those decisions are made that's like a real thing no. why certain you know if they're gonna be on tour management will say hey listen the next tour you can open up for Judas Priest so do me a favor. Have a couple of hooks on this record. Have a couple so, of hooks. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, I, but but they were influenced by that. I mean, because certain bands, when they get to that level, they do fall into that. Well, because you have to, maybe yeah. you see that ceiling, and you see like right. your peers, absolutely, that are just you know like how are we going to take this band to the next thing is that Thrash, for all next commercial you know? level? But yeah. Thrash is still rising at this point. It's getting bigger and bigger, and the fact that. I don't think that they. I don't think this record to sell out in any way. I think they just kind of were so like, either. we took Rain of Blood it to its just, extreme, yeah, it's definitely and now we're going a different direction. Yeah. So I don't look at it like that. But I do think that it was probably the first album and tour where they were a real established band, right? And the whole world was looking at them, not just fifty. This is their follow up to a big record. Yeah. yeah so so. Uh, I think maybe you know. That was probably part of it. I think there was a conscious effort to get away from the extreme brutality and just and just tap that darkness into a different vein, you know? And I think that's what they tried with this. It's more and, rhythmic, uh, I think. I think it's yeah. more rhythmic than, you know. Well, it was a lot more It changes songs, lyrically, so. too, a lot. The lyrical, di- you know, direction yeah. was uh, not as brutal. You know what I mean? There's some, like, political stuff on this one. Yeah. And... Uh, when Silent Screams like they're two minutes to midnight, right? Is that like, is that an anti-abortion song? What is, what is Silent <laughs> well, Scream? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if they were anti-abortion, but with his more recent religious stuff coming yeah. out, possibly. Yeah. But I, think did it it just, I think it was just for fun and exploitation. Like you think so? Yeah. Like an abortion song. It's not like, you know, like, let's just write something gory about something that could be construed as. Right. Right. So, you know, yeah, okay, great. Let's do that song. That's, you know. I like, feel like. So sub- way different lyrically than something they would have. Song about previously, it would also it be, be on Show No Mercy. They, they were separating themselves, I think, a little bit, not just musically, but you know, Personally. death metal's on the map at this point, right? And I mean, and all the death metal bands, Slayer was They're like, We're gonna started. take it from here, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, right. yeah I think you're Slayer right. was just being like, Well, right. we're not that, we're exactly. just keep going no. up, right? And right. You they weren't gonna can... go back to playing 
faster or play like necrophobic at like three times the speed. Like they won't do that anymore, you know? Right. Like that Rich show, it's like floating around YouTube. Yes, yeah, so I was seen at that it. show. Yeah, that was sick. Dude, they played. What year was that one? 86. That was 86 at the Ritz. If anybody should just check it out, it's on YouTube. They've never sounded sick or live, and they played like necrophobic, like twice the speed. So yeah. It's horrifically it's fast. Right. It's the most ferocious anybody could ever see them live is, is that documentation. What and that show in 85 in Holland, the first oh, time they went overseas. Ab- absolutely, absolutely. With like that the was, most real motherfuckers oh, in the crowd. Yeah. It real, was, dude. That, that show was, was that Belgium, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was Belgium. What yeah, was the show that uh, on Long Island that they, they basically destroyed? Well, that's where George the comes felt in. Felt Forum that's, show. That's no, that Felt Forum. Felt Forum is underneath the garden. Yeah. Um, but they played Sundance with Biohazard on Long Island, which was just madness. George can talk about George, that. George, you want to tell that story? I think that was... I can't remember if that was Seasons or South... George, you want to tell that? I think uh, it was South of Heaven. You want to give us a little glimpse of, of what that Slayer... Yeah. Slayer Biohazard. I was outside. I didn't get in. They oversold the show by 500 people. I thought you'd be like, save it for If I Ruled the World. I'm always like, save it for Red River. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, what year would that be, Ron? Probably 89, I would guess. 89, Does that sound yeah. about right? Yeah, because I was probably 15, something like that. And um, I remember the uh, the ad. The ad was, would you believe? And then Slayer. Yep. Wasn't White Zombie on that show, too? Yeah, White Zombie Actually, opened I think it was Biohazard. 90, I think it was 1990. Could be that would make me 16, 17. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it was, you know, like you guys have been talking about, it was, it was a bloodbath. I mean, it, when, when you when you pulled up, there was cops, motorcycle, you know, motorcycles everywhere, and um, yeah, essentially, like what we were talking about is uh, biohazard open, so that brought the hardcore kids, but not that Slayer wouldn't, but it really just sort of brought more chaos, and inside the club. There were so many fights that, you know, hardcore kids used to fight in packs. You didn't really square off like one-on-one. But there were so many fights that you sort of had to do like one-on-one. And it was so completely oversold that they were tricking people to go outside. There was a bouncer that was like, yeah, you guys can go outside and get air if you want. There was like a little side door. That is the most, like, you're asking for it. Frank Cariola, man. They had to be triple the legal capacity that night. It it was... was you couldn't lift your arm. And I was outside mm-hmm. trying to get in. We couldn't. We looked inside and it was like there wasn't room for another human body. And even if you weren't going <laughs> to fight or anything <laughs> like that, you were just so crushed. Like I, It's a shame because I don't remember seeing Slayer as much as I remember like battling the situation yeah. <laughs> constantly or staying out of harm's way or whatever. But the bouncer like opened the side door. It was just like a side door near the bathrooms. So we all kind of like poured out for a second, got air, and it was like slam. And then you have a bunch of angry skinheads and hardcore kids like banging on the door going fucking nuts. And then one of the bouncers who we knew or was cool was like, I'm opening this for like a a few seconds and like open the door. Everybody sort of like ran back in. There was a lot of like Frank Cariola was like getting a lot of shit too. I remember him being yelled at by the bouncers because it was just it was unmanageable. You know, and um, yeah, I mean, in the parking lot, I was in the parking lot. There were fights all night. There were hundreds of people in the parking lot just blasting Slayer on radios and drinking. And there were fights everywhere. And there were there were cops everywhere. The doors were opening every two minutes with someone getting thrown out or just a brawl coming out the doors. (laughs) It's like (laughs) it's hard to describe the time and place and the lawlessness of things like this because people's brains are 
just wired so different now, and they've yeah. just been so codified by a simpler, more peaceful society. But this was just like a rampage of people who are just rowdy people anyway in an uncomfortable situation, amped up by their mu- music, friends, drugs, and alcohol into this perfect storm of like just and you, madness. And you know, like if, if I got into a fight now, the first thing I would think is like, is someone taping this? <laughs> Back then, you just you know, there's a certain anonymity. Yes. You know, in 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 especially with the music, it is the dark. Like it's like this dark corner of Bayshore, <laughs> and there's just all this chaos going on. But it's kind of and, and you know, Slayer was a soundtrack. It's kind of fucking perfect. Yeah. If you think about it. And I you think know, it, was it was the a, show where uh, a car, someone lit a car on fire in the parking lot. Sundance. I'm not positive, but I you know what's weird? So. It was how do we not know for sure? <laughs> like that should be so. If an average <laughs> person listens, yeah. like, how do you not know the time when the car was on fire? It's like, what well, was? I don't. I can't place the year. It's like we should know. There was so, so much, much chaos at those shows. Yeah. I saw Slayer there on the Rain and Blood tour previous to this. Raven opened up, and I mean, Raven were very respected by metal fans, but they were going commercial at this point, and no one that was there for Slayer. I mean, you didn't have a chance opening for Slayer then. And Slayer on Rain and Blood Tour, Sundance was just unbelievable. I think Biohazard did okay. Biohazard held only because it was a teeny tiny club. If it was like yeah. Biohazard was opening in those years yep. at Nassau Coliseum, they probably would have got shit thrown. Then at they would have gone slaughtered. But the interesting thing that we were talking about in the break was like it was a different, crazier breed of metalhead. Definitely. Who came. So they could hold their own. They could fight too. It wasn't and we're like, more than willing to. Yeah, it wasn't like the the um, show with Creator and a hardcore band, and all the hardcore kids would come in and like sort of fuck with the metal metal guys. No, this brought out the guys who were just crazy enough to get into fights. So it was just it was just alpha male testosterone yeah, going. It was fucking, you know, mixed in with a little craziness. It was everywhere. alpha male and aggressive music and. I mean, this sounds weird to say. It was really like people's the people that were going there. Their mindset was like, "Shit happens, and there's no apologies for anything." No, whether it be breaking someone's jaw or like, it it was like it was wasn't even there was no there was no thinking. No, it was just reacting. And it was work it out on Facebook the next day. Yeah, there was nothing. It's hard to explain the mindset of people back then, but everyone I knew. Had no future, no goals. We either live fast, die fast, or just living exactly they wanted and didn't give a fuck about any consequences. And it was part of the appeal. And it was part, and that music was, that scene at the time brought that. Even the positive bands that were in the hardcore scene, or like the bands listening to Slayer, per se, for this instance, it was like, they were not, these were not career-minded people. These were not people like, oh, what's going to happen if? They yeah. just did whatever they fucking I can't get into wanted. a fight. I got to go to work on Monday. Yeah. You know? There's, no There's no justification. It was just... So with all that, I think you had just a really... It's the tail end of that, too. I mean, Slayer shows were crazier for the next few years. Mm-hmm. But that's why when Slayer shows stopped being crazy, the entire scene stopped being crazy. Because Slayer was the last flame and torch... Mm of irrational, violent teenage behavior in white America. Mm -hmm. It was it. It was the last soundtrack and the last ritual was seeing Slayer and being like, well, because you go to death metal shows, kids stand there with their arms crossed, maybe stage dive. They weren't going out breaking windows and smoking angel dust. Slayer made you go crazy. Yeah. And more extreme music didn't. Slayer was tapped into something that the more extreme music after it didn't. Those, Those people were a little more rational. The music was heavier, right? But the mindset wasn't darker, definitely. Right. 
and that's where that's why Slayer is that pinnacle that people point to more brutal albums. That's not the point. When you went to see Slayer back then, and you needed to see Slayer, you were feeding something darker inside yourself. Yeah. And yeah, it was chaos. You you would go like I I would go to like the Roseland shows later on when when I would go see them. Even those were rowdy. Yeah, it was just man, you you had to uh, be on guard because people were just I don't know. The pit was everywhere, man. <laughs> it didn't yeah. matter where you were standing, and you would catch an elbow if you weren't looking. You know, <laughs> some like big fat hairy dude running. You know, and it was uh, it was exciting. It yeah. really was like as 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 much as. You know, people don't like getting hit. It was just this uh, camaraderie chaos of just like, okay, if this fucking place explodes tonight, fuck it. You know, we would listen. We would take the LIRR into Sea Slayer. And from the moment we were at Ronkonkoma train station, people yelled Slayer. Yeah. While we were on the train, people yelled Slayer. People loved to yell when we Slayer. Got, when we got to Penn Station, people were yelling Slayer. Everyone knew who was going to see Slayer because they were yelling it. You know, the whole opening act, people just yelled Slayer. Like, all the way back to when we got home, Ron Conkema, somebody would be down at the end of the car be like, Slayer! <laughs> Yo, I can tell you that the Slayer Dancing Tour, the Fell Forum, that was the seat cushion show that everyone That was the seat about. cushion show. Yeah. What year... Uh, that's I guess the the Danzig record hadn't come out yet, so I think it was eighty eight, the fall of eighty eight. I would guess. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. So um, that was, yep. And uh, that show almost got canceled. There's riot police all across the stage. They were going to cancel the show because everyone was being so rowdy inside and outside. But supposedly they determined that it would be a full blown riot if they if Slayer didn't play. That's true too. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it turned Packley into a riot. Interesting anyway. time because you had kids for like a good year and a half. That was like a big thing. Like people were like destroying seats, you know. Like, so there was that like. But most of these shows weren't in seated places. Yeah, like a Slayer type show at least. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. Metallica was reaching that point, but Slayer. Tom was like begging them to stop, right? Yeah, well, like the it's show so hard was, for us to find places. To I mean, play. just to give you an idea, <laughs> like, I took the Long Island Railroad in that night, and um, there were people. Smoking weed, smoking angel dust on the Long Island Railroad. <laughs> like, you know, picture the Long Island Railroad now. There's dudes smoking angel dust on the train, smoking weed, blasting Slayer out of whatever they had with them. I guess dudes somehow had music with them. But I remember one dude had a box with him. Maybe he wasn't going in a boom box. And people were rip cutting the seats with knives. Um, one dude. I remember kicked out one of those plate glass windows of the Long Island Railroad. Mm-hmm. It was insanity. People were throwing up and like It was <laughs> like it was like your card to act insane for that for, yeah. like on the way to the show, on the way back. I remember one time we went to go see them it was a good and purge it, night. It was purge. <laughs> My friend who I went was kind of purge before the purge. <laughs> but um we the, uh, we were on the train the same night that there was the uh Jimmy Buffett so it was like people yelling Slayer at the same time that people were wearing fucking Hawaiian shirts. Oh, wow. Yeah. It <laughs> That's was, an but those people party, paradigm. but in the more mellow way. Huh? Those people do party, but they in a much do, more mellow way. But, you know, Jimmy Buffett's pretty funny. But that they didn't Slayer have anything show. to yell back, though. Yeah, no. That's right. Parrot heads. But that show, cool. Tom, Margarita. Tom was pissed at that show because he's like, we already can't play anywhere. And yeah. 
Yo, and it was true. I think his last words were, thanks, New York. Good night, Good night assholes. assholes. Good night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had the bootleg of that. But was, I, got hit in the head, I got hit in the head with an exit sign that night. Someone, <laughs> I was up front, and uh, someone <laughs> tore the exit sign that's like the warning, you know, above the doorway. Right, right. And yo, it clobbered me in the back of that. That shit killed. Oh. And um, I mean, that show, there were like three Did or four bits of time. There were tons of skinheads there. There was a lot of New York hardcore people there. Did you just and, look up and like, did an exit sign just hit no, me? No, because the head? it was so tight up there, it hit me and it landed on the back of my shoulder. <laughs> I think like, pulled it off. And uh, it was also another thing about those shows. Like, I don't think about it now. Let's, now let's, think about it. let's move it to uh, seasons then, real quick. Yeah. One so. thing I say though is those shows, you you came home really bruised up and sore for like days after some of those shows. You definitely did. Absolutely. It, like, now one guy hits you, you kind of get annoyed. And you're like, ah, whatever. Then you got hit like 150 times in a night. You get kicked. Yeah, like, you know, I I remember leaving. I had like a boot print on my face. We went into a deli. My friend's like, yo, there's a combat boot print on your (laughs) face. (laughs) I was like, oh, really? (laughs) Seasons. 1990, Seasons comes out. Langan, what do you remember? Uh, This was like the last Slayer record I was into for a while. Like, I remember getting it. It obviously kept continuing the direction of, of... South of Heaven as far as down tempo and melody and stuff like that, but I think went even further with that. But uh, got some great songs on it. War Ensemble is one of my favorite. Uh, I mean, here. Slayer actually Blood knows Red. how to open albums. You know what I mean? If you look over their career. Yeah. I mean, they fucking knock it out of the park, but uh, that's a classic song. It just had... This album had a lot of songs <laughs> I wasn't that into. Quite a few. Uh, Expendable Youth is one of my most hated Slayer songs like I just fucking can't stand it is it because you hate the youth I do <laughs> what's up with youth like <laughs> Corey Feldman asses uh, Skeleton Society there's a uh, temptation I just wasn't into these, some of these songs whatsoever you know and I know it, it was a huge record for them obviously and that, that's the album that got you into it so you, you have a relationship with it for so me that, this was like eh all right, I'm in, but, I, yeah. again like I was into some heavier stuff at that point. And that shows, you know, like if there's anything that that people know is just, you know, for me, I've always just like melody. Yeah, it's a uh, great record. Don't get, you know, I'm not yeah. saying I don't like it. I think it's, just, it's I think it doesn't it's, rank as high as some other people's. Be, I I think it's their it's their injustice for all. It's basically it shows them at at their height of their power with the slowest stuff, the best songwriting, the fastest stuff. Because you take War Ensemble and then you take the title track Seasons, and those are you know two very like I mean the that that Slayer at their fastest right. and their slowest and most evil. Um, so that's what appealed to me. There there was a lot of uh, you know every now and then the, the, you know they would drop like a Satan reference and a twelve whatever. You're like yes absolutely. <laughs> Let me go throw a rock through a window. Yes. Um, and MTV, man, MTV is as much as is is a uh, you know we could sit here. Well, it's and the say, first album they did videos for, which yeah. was a big deal at the time. Yeah, for, yeah. for, for they for played me. the South the title track a lot, man. And you know they said that they uh, you know they never made videos. Their labels were they were getting pressure to make videos for right. years, and they never made them. Yep. They finally gave in and made videos, and they made two on this album, I think. Didn't they? War. Yeah, war ensemble. Yeah, war. And, yeah. Uh, beginning and, and end. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and we have to mention, you know, this is the last Lombardo album for a while, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. So, what, what what did you remember, Gore, about Seasons besides uh, hating it? No, I, no <laughs> I don't hate it. Uh, I'm disappointed by the production. I was I was I was a little let down. Uh, Lombardo's low. 
His kick drums aren't recorded properly. Yeah, um, definitely. Okay. It's thin sounding. It's thin mm-hmm. sounding and a little too dry. They were trying to play arenas. I get it, but I think they went a little dry. I'm not saying they attempted to do that. It's not a sellout move. I don't think there's sellout moments. Um, there's a little more melody than I'd like. We've heard. A little, I remember hearing it. And I was kind of like, okay, that's cool and that's cool, but just uh, a lot of the ferociousness wasn't wasn't really there. It was intriguing because it's a Slayer record. I mean, of course, uh, I was I was interested in it, you know. But at the time, I was also listening to a lot of heavier and more obscure stuff. So this wasn't, I mean, it came out. I didn't jump to get it the first day or two it came out. I kind of like waited a little bit and heard some stuff from it. But um, also internal problems and stuff, just like over the years, like those guys had so much, many issues with each other. Dave Lombardo left the band three times. He came back and it was, it was quite, I was like listening for something for, for, for like a, a kind of unity. It's like I, I can tell like Lombardo's like kind of like going through, the notion, going through the motions, you know? Just kind of like doing his thing. Just that's just for me being a, a yeah. So I agree with analyzing you. Yeah. the energy well, of it. It's a different energy. No, you're, you're right. Compared to the drumming on South of Heaven, I guess nothing really stands out. I mean, I think it, the drumming on the title track seasons. Ruben, not to interrupt you, but I mean, because Ruben had the least involvement in this one. Okay. Right. So it's like where you're saying he'd walk in and out. That's what this. Like Ruben would just tell his guy, "Okay, just do that." Whereas with Rain and Blood, he was hovering over everything. Where yeah. now he just said, "Yeah, you handle that." And this is kind of like what it is. It's not in 3D. That's sure. what it is. The drums aren't just max. It's not right. The drums aren't like mastered right. You know, so this needs a good remastering, and you could fix that. But this w- riff coming up, which you probably can't hear, is like one of the last violent Slayer riffs. Absolutely. It's like this album is like this yeah. is the tail end for me. This is the tail end, definitely. It's the tail end. I mean, to to look at it. Just as a record, it is a great record, I guess. It's not a great record for me. But it's you not, moved on. I, I hadn't even life, fully right? moved on per se, but I was just going further and further a different direction than they were going. Right. And I loved them and I respected them, and it is really good. And I mean, I bought it, but it didn't have the impact. Right. You know, it. I mean, I was I was in a different mindset, and they're in a different mindset. You know, they're making more mature music. I'm a slightly different, more mature person, I'm, and. I had gone to far more extreme music than this, and uh, you know it's it's too clean. It's a little too clean. The chaos is gone. Songwriting's good. It's just <coughs> it's really good. I, I, and then I know everyone who's like thirty-eight to like forty-two. This is like their jump. This is where yeah. they started. They huh. saw these videos and they worship it. And if I was absolutely thirteen, seeing War Ensemble, I'd probably jump through my living room window right. too. <laughs> But I think I did. I was like, it's all about breaking windows. Twenty-one by then, <laughs> and like, I had already their yeah, first few records right, did right. that for me, and they, my mind was already blown by them years back. And this is just them. It was time being for them solid, to warp a new generation of, like yeah, Sam. It's pretty much, <laughs> and, and you know, like you. Know, it's like the main. It sounds like a, it sounds like it's like the mainstreaming of thrash metal or the legitimizing of thrash metal. Definitely, right. but, but they. they but there was the chemistry too, though. The chemistry changed because those guys just weren't getting along, like whereas they were before. So they're able to connect in spirit. Yeah. So you have those moments. So less, you're connecting with people in the band. I think where like you're getting less and less of those moments as then like business comes in because you have to like throw that into the equation. And they've always had problems with like with management. Yeah, that's you know? le- that's up till other, today. Which is a whole other thing. I mean, that's a whole. I mean, you, you know. brought up a good point though. Like aside from it being thin, the drums, a thin production combined with a not powerful enough drum sound is the kiss of death for heavy music. Well, look at it this way: the drums on this record sound like the demo of like what was there, 
before the guy who mastered it was, like, was supposed to master it. That's yeah. like the demo version of what yeah. you're hearing. And especially when you got this drummer. You know, this guy was like Neil Peart for yeah. the extreme, the heavier yeah, metal absolutely. community. All we, he was all like we a god. All we had to do is just flick a switch. Yeah. If you put this through the same machine as Rain and Blood, you're going to like this record a whole lot more. Yeah. You know, so it's like, look. Well, it's kind of like Injustice for All. If you put the bass in, it would have been a heavier record. Absolutely. Right? You know, it's like, it's like this. It's not as extreme as actually you can hear the drums, but they're not. They're not pushing through the way they should. No, definitely not. I and mean, that kind of ruined that kind of ruined it a little bit for me. Like I would try to EQ it, I try to like fuck with it, but he was just not loud. He just, not he just loud, he's yeah. not he's not projecting. So the no, symbol, yeah. the symbols and like the hi hats aren't projecting in this at all. Whereas on Rain and Blood, you heard every symbol. You situation. did. You, you heard everything, and 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 you know now that I when we, as we dissect. It's not to interrupt you now. I'm like t- I've talked about Lombardo symbols like eight times. <laughs> He's like, wow, this guy's obsessed yeah, with fucking symbols. <laughs> yeah, I'm a symbol fetish. Shout out to all my Cubans, <laughs> which is the, the cleanest thing on my list. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like for when when as we dissect it, you're right. Um, the drums really don't stand out on seasons at all. It's just song. it's just a riff. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I put it on for you, yeah. um, but you made a good point because South of Heaven he plays his ass off. I, I yeah. that's my favorite playing by Lombardo, yeah. especially Phil's. It's very and well if rounded. This album for him. doesn't quite have those fills, but if it did, they wouldn't they wouldn't cut through anyway. No, you know Man, they really cut through on South of Heaven. Big definitely. time. That's his most well rounded record for me. There's yeah. not a lot of black thrash on this record either, which is like there's like black thrashy kind of riffs like from Hello Eights or you know. Just certain progressions. That's almost gone. Certain, at this point. It's gone. There's no yeah. black oh, yeah, thrash. It's, it's, like on that this. one riff I pointed out before is like one of the few that has that. That's real the last black thrash riff yeah. that would be there. They, I they, think you know. They, there's a couple in the in the later records that, that comes out, but um. So Ditto I, head. I, I, when we get to that. Yeah, record. we're we're we're, we're going to get to that now. Um, Shout well, out to the double live album that came off of this tour too, right? Decade, decade of aggression. aggression. Yeah, yeah, that was that's a good. A, one. That's good. That's, that's a good great because these songs have a little more rawness. To them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it helps for yeah, me. It's got the old I, cuts and I'm too. sure Gore yeah. and you like. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had the the double cassette. Yeah, <laughs> when, man. When yeah, it's made... like this fat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's yeah. huge. It's yeah. like the size of a fucking <laughs> three packs of cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But um, you know, I I feel like if they kept going the way they were going. Maybe their career would I don't know, you know it, it was a great move for their career. There's just, no doubt in that. I, I but just keep know. in mind, like also at that time, like thrash bands were looking for something else. Like you had a little bit of sound garden then, like you know, like just other alternative kind of influences, believe like were almost in the peripheral. So it's like I'm not saying they were trying to go for something alternative, but like No, they you know, did Metallica, that later like, with Diabolus. Yeah, people were experimenting a little more. So That's I think, the worst. I think I think they try to you know I mean that goes on yeah it's definitely the worst. Um, but yeah no I I yeah. I, th- I think you know like you said everyone was looking for something different because ninety this was nineteen ninety then from there you get like all the other albums right you know uh, you get fucking Megadeth Countdown to Extinction you get Metallica doing the Black album more money to be made at the time so bands are more conscientious to throw in that even extra. Testament Testament. Yeah, they do that move. Absolutely. Did that move. Um, And I think going to the next record, 94, um, which I think will probably stop in 94, um, they, maybe Slayer, you know, because it was, what, three, four years, actually, after Seasons. Yeah, and Uh, the whole musical climate had... Was it four or three? Four, it was 94. 90, was it... uh, 
That was four. September '94 was Div- Divine Intervention, yeah. and God, October of '90 was uh, that was four years. Seasons. Yes. Music. Think how much music changed. Oh my God. And I Nirvana think, hit completely. But I, I think Over, they like, looked, blew the fuck up. I think they looked and they were thinking like, okay. You know, they saw like Metallica put out this record. Like everyone kind of changed their sound a little bit, mm-hmm. and I think that's why they made a heavier record, which Divine Intervention is. Like when you really listen to it, uh, I think they're like, "Fuck it, we'll go the other it's way." It's also not only is it heavy, it's um, there's nothing on there where if I worked at a label, I'd be like, "Oh, this will be a great single." Right. It's, <laughs> yeah, no, it's right. not yeah. an accessible record. It's not really. I mean, to their credit, it's a pretty pure. Hmm. Record I don't think it's anywhere Near their best writing I think it's really no. heavy And all that stuff But it doesn't have The songs It doesn't have me. The memorable Like Ditto D- Ditto Head was on that, and that yeah. That's I a like fucking Ditto Great like throw Ditto Head sounds like It's off rain and blood That shit is red meat that's For the fucking yeah. Slayer bass yeah. That song But overall Not a lot of songs Are that memorable They needed five me. Ditto Heads I didn't understand Why you couldn't Just write five <laughs> Ditto Heads <laughs> What the fuck Exactly man? Yeah, That's the, all I need. Da, da, da. The uh, Ditto Killing Fields was a decent song. Two thirteen, yeah, Killing Fields was. But there, there wasn't was a another. lot that I remembered from it. You know, it honestly one that when that album hit, you know, it's funny how everything changes. So, I was in a different point in my life. So when that album hit, I was kind of like nothing hit me. So I I branched off. I was like, by that point, I'm like, eh. I was way in the, more in the hip hop yeah. than I was. I was yeah. Slayer I was listening at that time. exactly. I was listening yeah. to like Diggable Planets, Gangstar, and I was like, oh, okay. And and I feel like the '90s, especially in the mid '90s, like metal. I don't know. I can't really think of anything besides Pantera. Right. right, corpse molestation at the yeah. gate at the gates in '95, but like I right. didn't know about it then. It was, a, until it was like an later. odd landscape for the genre. Yeah. There, so, wh- what know, do you remember about Divine Intervention when it came out? I was bummed because I'm a big Lombardo guy. I love his playing. Yeah, yeah that's I love right. Lombardo guy. To him play and uh, and Basso we, style is we were, different. Exactly. We, me and Gore were talking this in the car. Like it just uh, Lombardo's got this feel that. It's it's kind of like uh, like Steven Adler to Matt Sorum. Like oh yeah, the yeah. guy one guy's got this feel that's kind of unique, and then the other guy gets the job done, but in a in this you know a much more straight one ahead guy way. was on Celebrity Rehab, and the right. other guy wasn't. Bill Ward and then uh, Vinny Appice. Yeah, you know? like it just different styles and stuff, and that's how it felt. Boston felt more rigid to me. Listen, and I didn't like it. It's we, mechanical. We, we've all yeah. played in bands. Yeah. We've all played in bands. The drummer changes everything. Big time. Oh yeah. The drummer cha- like you if you don't if you don't play music maybe you can't comprehend that but the you get a different drummer you have a different. It's the backbone of the whole operation. It's just a, it just I was I know? was surprised that they actually was so horny for him to join full time considering <laughs> I'm saying he's a, he's a, I thought personally I'm just, I, I'm, he's a, he's a nice guy I mean I interviewed him years ago I had a fan did you I did I interviewed him was on some he was in shit. Whiplash right no oh, no that's forbidden. Scaglione yeah oh, this yes, guy was yeah. in forbid, forbidden evil Scaglione yes. from Whiplash evil. was My in bad. on the second leg of the Rain and Blood tour and I saw that's, that tour yes. I saw him in the band okay yeah. I think I saw I, I saw TJ too. When did that? That was, that was eighty-seven. Lombardo that quit. That was Lamore's, right? With that was the played? first time Lombardo I saw him at Sundance, but he might have played Lamore as well. I'm pretty sure. But no, he's talking about um, when he was in Forbidden. Yeah, yeah. Right. Paul, Paul, Paul was in Forbidden. Paul, I thought was a good drummer. He was solid for more of a power metal, light thrash thing, but, not, but something that doesn't rely on a lot of fast beats. When he came in, it completely changed everything because he played a he played a fast basic beat, very different. 
and he didn't tune his drums properly. Lombardo sounds kind of like why he does because of the way he tunes his drums. His too. snare in particular. His snare in particular and his kick drums. So to get a guy that completely doesn't sound at all like what your core audience would want from a drummer, why he kind of likes, why he's so horny about this guy, like to just join him full time. It's just his performance on laugh. his performance <laughs> on like you know that's I'm a just, great adjective. I'm just saying, dude, his performance on record is just it's just boring as shit to me, and it sucks. You know? Yeah, he's like a mechanical thrash drummer. Yeah, it's like, he's a just, great drummer on a technical sense. Yeah, no question. Not, he's a, I, I couldn't say. I'm saying like I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Me personally, I don't think he's a great drummer on record. He, he didn't really do anything that made me remember. Like, there's nothing really. I agree. It's, he doesn't write. It's a tough act to follow for him. You know. So yeah, I just I just didn't understand. What, yes, you know, but, yeah. you know. So ninety four comes out, Divine Underground comes out. What, how did you feel about it? Like when when you heard, did you care? Did you rush I did care. to it? I mean, I was listening to so many warped different things. I was making beats. I was listening to the French jazz records and stuff. So I'm like, all right, let's let's go back and hear if they're bringing anything that's something like I'd want to listen to. And there's like moments here and there, right? But it just should have, like everything that they had should have been squashed into two songs and like throw out the fat and like okay, let's start here. Start with Ditto Head. We'll keep that. Right. Let's do two yeah. more like Diddlehead, and you know instead of you know some of it was filler. Again, the time changed, music changed. You know, there's people, less people, a lot of metal people fell off. A lot of yeah. people. For me, you know, I mean, absolutely. Like I just, but it, you know what? It, and it was just because of the material. Like there was something about this album when it came out. Great Geiger cover though. Um, but when it came out, I was just either I was in a different That's headspace. His artwork. Yeah. I didn't know that. That looks super Geiger. Yeah. Is I it Geiger? Know. Yeah. I didn't know what I mean, it looks like it, for sure. Um, this is a fast song, by the way. Ditto is probably one of the fastest. Yeah, this is, like their, this is like the necrophobic. Yeah, this is, this right. is fast. Um, yeah, so I, I just, I was out, man. You know, just like yeah. Ron earlier, you just... You moved on. Either, but either this album didn't grab me, or I was just somewhere else. It could be know? a combination of both, I think, with yeah. me, too. Yeah. Well, sometimes it's not that, that you get sick of something. You've heard something. That's familiar for so many years, and then it's like you hear something, and it's not like they transform this down the sound too much. So it's like you kind of know what you're going to get in some way, even if it's the right. best, the cream of the crop from Slayer. You kind of know how you're going to get budget. Absolutely. If you're in a different place in your life, you're like, okay, that's cool. Uh, you know, I'd rather listen to you know Siege, or you could be somewhere else or listening to. I Some was, man. Different, you know, different I people, was, especially back then. Music yeah. changed. I wasn't that angry in 94. I was, yeah, that's I what I was, it was. I was on drugs, time. and I was listening to Portishead, <laughs> and, uh, you know, get my dick sucked. <laughs> I was, like, blissfully suicidal in 1994. <laughs> Just like 2019. <laughs> a little bit. But uh, it was yeah, worse. 94 than, was, that 94 that was, was dark. a horrible year for me. But um, 94 was dark. This record, I mean, I heard it. I eventually bought it. It didn't. Nothing grabbed me. Ditto had blew me away, actually. And it was the second song I heard. What about Bloodline? Is that later? That that's um, is, I think that's is, no, that's later. That was that's on yeah, that's um, later. God hates us all. I God hates us all. Yeah, but yeah. but one interesting thing is, I think Ditto had's the only video they made off this record. Yeah, it is. It is and I mean that is. says it all. If right. you made that your fucking video, you were really like kind of saying <laughs> fuck you to any mainstream attempt. Yeah, because that is it's the most brutal song on the record. And, Absolutely, uh, and the and the most to the core Slayer. I felt like my instinct was like they're like we're making this the video because we want old Slayer fans to know, to know we're still Slayer oh, despite all the trends and despite Lombardo being gone. But it didn't work because I just don't think the record's strong enough. The record was not strong no. enough. It has oh. its moments. It has a couple. It definitely. Riffs. I it grew to appreciate it more right. later on. I mean, if it wasn't Slayer and I heard this first time, I'd be like, "Yo, this is a good new band." 
Yeah. But up to, against the pedigree of the first five Slayer records, yeah. it just can't it can't no. get to that level. No. But. And and arguably, you know, for me, this yeah, this this might be the first like misstep for me. Mm-hmm. But it's a sign of the times too. If you look at the year, even if they did write something even more brutal, you still wouldn't be as blown away as you would a couple just because yeah, just things I mean, are the just just the way things are. Yeah, I mean, what was the most extreme shit you guys were listening to in '94? I mean, I, by the time Rain and Blood was coming out, I was listening yeah. to demos with 80 songs on it. So ah! it's like, you know, '94 was like, you know, I'd heard everything by then. Demos with 80 songs. <laughs> it's like, you know what I mean? So it was like, whatever. It was like, <laughs> but it wasn't about that because some bands could. And some things could be the opposite and be super minimal. I mean, I got into stuff like the Swans in like 1986. So it was like yeah. really slow and dark and dirgy or insanely high speed, like, you know, seven inches with 20 songs on it. Whatever direction you took your extremity to. I wasn't ready for the Swans in 86. I, I, I stumbled upon it and it took a few listens and then it sunk in. It was, intimi- it was intimidating for me to, at that point. I was like, Swans yeah. is just like, t- I mean, I, dude, I was like 12. I was like, that's just. It's dope. Yeah. It's not for me right now. That's like yeah. I need more life experience to really kind of get it was, that at the time. It's darker in a much different level. Totally. It's more like self-torture. Absolutely. Swans is like disgusting music. Yeah. Yeah. But then Swans, like stuff like Swans started appealing to metalheads once Godflesh came out. Mm-hmm. And then Relapse started putting out stuff in that vein. And then, and then that stuff became part of like the metal umbrella. But. Yeah, but so by '94, I you know this was not nearly as extreme as anything, but absolutely, it didn't have to be the most extreme things. No. I mean, you know, I was listening to everything from pop punk to grindcore, but it had to be good, and I didn't think this was anything more than just being good. Yeah, it was right. the worst record, and it was like, eh, all right, Slayer's still going. I'll probably see him on tour, but I, I'm going to listen to this record five times and right. just put it away. Yeah, where every other Slayer record, I listen to hundreds and hundreds sure. of times. Totally. Yep. So that that was basically the like the last one that we were all really crazy about. So in summary, um, you know, we'll wrap it up. And uh, so they put out um, Diablos and Musica after, right. which was this weird the covers album. It was so. like four their years. worst record. Yeah. Diablos, Definitely their worst record. I would agree. Which was yeah. like really their What's outside trends were filtering into yes. Slayer for the first time with horrible results. What's one song from that? I don't, the I first one's one the best one on it. Yes. It and I can't it, what's the name of that? Um, State of Mind? No, no State of Mind might have been the no, second no. one. It was... Uh, is it the worst Slayer record or the best new metal record ever? <laughs> That's probably... It's, you not, know it's not even the best new metal record. <laughs> no. It, no, because they're not even good at doing that. Yeah. Um, that's that's a pretty good question. That's an oxymoron <laughs> statement. It, did anybody see if, them on that tour? If we can't Happen name one song. Them? We can't name one song from the record. You, did, you didn't go see them on tour. No, Diablos or anything. You were completely done at that point. Probably right? missed it. Yeah. But I did see I them do two the nights when the punk like. cover album came out. Okay, they did two nights attitude. in the row at Irving Plaza and Bark Market and Insane opened, and they were incredible both those nights. And they played a lot because they were doing the punk songs, right. and they played a lot of old stuff. And they didn't rely as heavily on what was the newer records. The newer right. stuff. The band itself hated that record, Diablos, the yeah. most out of none of them like it. Yeah. Well, you know, Kerry said that the same thing. He was just he just took those influences from bands that they influenced, and it just you know it was a misstep. But then later on, I mean, there's corn riffs on some of those songs. There is there is corn. The riffs. stop and go, that's that's <laughs> Jackpot. corny. Jackpot. It's straight corn. So. 
That's their worst. Yeah. We could agree that's their worst step yeah. in history. In Slayer history, that's no, their no question. The, yeah. the new metal pickings, the stop and go. It well, is. It biscuit, is. And the hate breed. Uh, with those records came that slight hate breed influence because he loves hate breed. Yeah. Definitely. And uh, I don't. Hate breed's fine for what it is, but it doesn't belong in Slayer. It doesn't belong in Slayer. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then like years later, you know, around fucking nine eleven, fucking God hates us all comes out, and. It's a pretty great. I think it's a great album. Um, I love that album. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I don't love it, but it's yeah. it's intense. It's intense, and it, it has, is intense. I hadn't been listening for metal for like a while. I was it into has, a million um, other things, and this kind of brought me back a little bit to like I don't know. I guess I was also a little you know the time nine eleven, this anger you had in it, and all of a sudden Slayer did it come out on nine eleven? Slayer yeah. just that's amazing. Hit the spot for me that, <laughs> that Slayer, time, like, and I was like, yeah, I like this again. And this it, was like your Toby Keith. You were you were riled <laughs> up, ready to yeah, murder it people. Just, it, it felt right to listen to them again. They they were back in my life. Like it, this record was, there's some great songs listen, on it. Every every band that has a legacy and then puts out newer records. All you could wish for is to have that one song on every new record that, that clicks. Even though the rest of the later records don't click, you want that one song that you could play live at show. Right here, Disciple. Disciple is one of those songs that they wrote post like their golden age mm-hmm. that hits. You, they, they might have opened up with it when, when I saw them at Jones Beach. They uh, definitely played it. Yeah, definitely. it's just like it, it, it's a memorable chorus, God Hates it's Us great. All. Um, the song Payback is another great Payback's song great. on there. New, no, see, that new. I don't like because he just screams the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I don't. There's a lot of screaming on this one. I love it's New Faith intense. on this one. <laughs> I keep the Bible in the pool of blood, that yes. fucking song. Yeah, that's, that's a, a great, great anti-religion record. So good. So, um, you know, and we'll just keep going. You know, uh, what else? Then Christ Illusion had Jihad. The problem yeah. with Christ Illusion is it's them really trying to be old Slayer and the yes. ideas are... If if I had to grade it, I'd give it a C all across the board. It, the they're all doing their part, and there's no magic. There's no magic I in agree. those songs. I agree. But, but it be, sounds like Slayer. No, totally. but you're right. You're right. So, okay, that's kind of like their death magnetic, where they uh, enough time had passed where they're like, okay, let's try to make a Slayer record I think now. it's better than it, Death Magnetic. It's funny though. you said that, too. I think it's much better than Death it's Magnetic. It's much more... Because uh, they still know how to be Slayer. Metallica yeah. don't even know how to be Metallica. Rick Rubin was going to do... And Death Magnetic awkward, proves it. Very awkward. Rick Rubin was going to do this record and did Death Magnetic instead. Did Kerry it? King was like all bent about it. He's like a slap in did my he fucking send, face. Did he send an email and be like... He destroyed Death Magnetic. Which one? That record has no That's his worst production. Those are demos, dude. Which one of you guys... Who's working for Metallica that agreed to listen to that? So this is a finished think, record. It's funny because Saint Anger gets all the the whole fucking thing about like what were you thinking? As it should. Death Magnetic. It's like you're finally trying to be an old band again. Just turn the volume up and make it heavier. Oh, you, you hear don't the have to distortion? Tweak they don't even right. use distortion pedals anymore. Yeah, that shit is cleaner than a fucking pop record. It's Coldplay, dude. When <laughs> it's cold, got when cold, no <laughs> ball. When Coldplay okay. mute their strings as hard as they can, that's like. <laughs> <laughs> that's. <laughs> Yo, but here here's the thing. That I will say about Death Magnetic, I think they gave us so many terrible records leading up to it. Well, when, yeah. When I heard it, I was like, "Oh my god, thank god!" Well, that's they what they did. Points. They made so much crap for so long. Yeah. It's like anything we do well, remotely. Well, if you don't get laid for seven old. years and some three hundred pound girl <laughs> offers to bounce on Yo, you, shout out, to, like, <laughs> shout out to the show Shrill on Hulu. Speaking of three hundred pound girls getting fucked, you know that's what it is. I that's mean, Death great. Magnetic is like if I'm in a desert and someone oh. shows up with one grape, I'm gonna be psyched. <laughs> We clearly Absolutely. need a Metallica like, show, know, too. Yeah. 
that's that's what I'm saying. So um, anyway, G- Christ Illusion had some like I thought Jihad was one of the best songs that they've written. I think. Um, and then moving forward, the last two they they did World Painted Blood, Blood, Blood. which had some really good stuff on there. Um, I think the song. Do you have the song list? Because I remember a couple of them. Yeah, let me let me just pull it There's up. There's a couple quick. of gems on that. I think it's better than Christ Illusion, and I and that's less, it's a little more memorable. The last it's Lombardo intense. solo uh, Lombardo effort, right? That's his last for stuff with, that he ever did with them, correct? Well, yeah, because yeah. he it. left again. That was it. His eighth time leaving, I know. <laughs> <laughs> what are the name of the songs? Pain and Blood, Unit Seven Thirty One. This one is Hate Worldwide on that. Yeah, that song's. What about piano? In a new Slayer way. Piano wire. Exactly. Piano wire. On oh, this song song. I like. Piano wire was on Repentless. This song's great. Okay, so this, this song right here. This is, is the ditto head of this record. Yeah. <laughs> so this, this wacky Jeffrey. Right? This, yep. This song is called Psychopathy Red. Let me lower the volume. That's uh, before George turns into a metalhead. About that Russian serial killer, right? Andre. Uh, yeah. Is it? Chink- how do you pronounce yeah, his yeah, name? Yeah, yeah. What are you doing? Research over there? <laughs> I know about serial killers. <laughs> no, this song's totally tough. It's fucking great, right? Yeah, this is the this ditto really of this stuff. record. Um, so th- th- this record, uh, I would say it has like four or five really good songs. Yeah. Um, and I think it was like a build from Christ's Illusion. And at this point, man, you know, they're, they're such a legacy band, and they, they always tour. And if you go see Slayer, 90% of the set's going to be the same shit that they've been playing. They'll throw in like a couple of new ones, and they, you know, if you go see them, you'll see Lamb of God and every other band that they always take out because they All never the take time. out any. They always Although switch I, one or two deep cuts though from the Metal Blade years. Yeah, I was encouraged to see that Primus is gonna play some shows with them. They're playing the Garden with them, supposed. Yeah, I'm really interested in that yeah. pairing. What do you think the crowd is gonna feel towards Primus because? Primus is, you know, pretty. I like Primus personally, and I think they'll bring just enough of their own fans that they'll survive it. And yeah. Be okay. Won't be a problem. Yeah, but. Yeah, people respect If it was 1988 Claypool, and yeah. Primus opened, no good. they'd have to leave after 30 seconds. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. they would be like dragged off the stage. Pelted with eggs. And George Easily. is great. This guy was in Les, possessed. Let's Claypool get some. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, quick, no, he, he's a threat. Quick, play the exorcist. <laughs> quick. Yeah, exactly. Larry sold out. So, um, yeah. So, all right. La- lastly, I used to be my guy. Well, I sold out. The well, new possess all rules, by the way. Yes, it does. Fuck sir. yeah. Fucking so rules, good. Dude. Jeff's voice is killer. Yes. Yep. To to wrap up this 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 uh, long uh, gushing of Slayer, yeah. um, let's just you know touch on that last record. Repentless. When you told me it's not even a word, I had no idea. It, it always, it still bothers me that That's it's not, not a word. an actual English word. It's not an actual. Unrepentant word. is what he's trying to say when he describes what it is. But repentless isn't a word. It bothers me a little bit. No, but, I uh, kind of like that. <laughs> but I, uh, I love the title track. I love the title track. I thought it was great. Great video too. The one with Danny Trejo in the prison. You see, fucking killer. They made a couple of videos from that record that were like movies, and they were super violent. And yeah, they were. They were in jail, but that repentless act, that video was like a jailbreak. I loved it. And you, you want to say one upping? Not even one upping, because that what was that? Uh, Saint Anger video. Oh, it oh, makes yeah. that shit look like <laughs> a right. fucking cartoon. Yeah, yeah, it was like straight up like the jailbreak and like natural born killer. Yeah, but it's stab a good the guy song. in the neck with it. Yeah. With a fucking thing. It's a good song, but like, like all like the latest war. Slayer albums, if I got four or five good tracks out of it, that's about I could take the last three is. Slayer records and probably make one really exactly. good record out of it. That's exactly accurate. 
I'll I'll tell you actually my the the handful of songs here that I really like. Um, that's got Jeff's last song right. The piano wise on that. I yeah, think, I like right? piano wire. Yeah. yeah. When the stillness comes is is a slower song. Let me play that. That's an interesting one. That's an interesting one, right? Because it's it's, it's, it's weird. powerful. It's weird, um, but like it's just it's slow. But when it kicks in, it, it's super heavy. I'm a big fan of it. Um, and that's it, man. We you know we didn't touch upon Jeff dying, which was pretty big. Yeah. Uh, supposedly it was uh, during uh, like he got bit by a spider. That's what they said. Yeah, but didn't it end up being like a liver failure wasn't he like a raging alcoholic i've heard some other things yeah. <laughs> i've heard well i've heard that for sure yeah i think the spider thing was uh, a little bit of a um not, i'm sure it happened but right. i i think it was lifestyle yeah. mostly alcohol but i even heard rumblings of some other stuff so Definitely. Uh, you hear things you know I mean, I've, so i don't know obviously but uh the guy the guy was a drinker you know he he, he was partied. a hard drinker. I, you know, in the '80s, you know, various members of the band partied. They all did their thing. So, well, it's lifestyle. Um, I thought in, in, a tragedy, in, of course. Absolutely. But, yeah. yeah, that was devastating because to me, he was the heart and soul of like the darkness that was left in Slayer. The bloodlust, the blood, the bloodlust riffs, like like the shit that pumps to you, for, like that really got to you. That was most of it was Jeff. I mean, I regardless would, of that's, I, I would say he was fifty percent a fucking Slayer. To be honest with you, like Jeff, like, I think Jeff was a little more than that. Yeah, a little more than that. He it's was. hard to say because without Tom Araya's voice, there Absolutely. is no Slayer. That's true. So, but on the musical side, just he the was a yeah. massive. I guess we can just agree that his bass yeah. playing isn't the heart of Slayer. <laughs> yeah, the hardest. Yeah. Nothing, that, nothing that against clunking. it. I'm just saying that's not the you know no, what no, they're no, known no, for. Absolutely. <laughs> but you know what? If you're going to replace uh, Jeff. I mean, I can't think of someone, anyone better than Gary Holt. Gary Holt's yeah. a perfect replacement. Right? Absolutely. He Exodus was right there at the stage. jump, you he know? F- I mean, he just fit in perfect. Enough respect to Exodus. You know, yeah, they were ab- right there at the y- beginning. Absolutely. Yeah. You get, like, you know. And he's one of the few guys that, like, he plays He plays in a way that it comp- it, it, it fits Jeff's style. Yeah, definitely. He yeah. honors Jeff's style. He does. It was a seamless transition. Yeah, it really was. Definitely. I mean, he's and an amazing. I, I just feel like of of all people, like it was just perfect for you know for the situation. I mean, who else could look around? And who else could have even? Well, done he's it? an evil dude. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it the best. In his heart, he's an evil guy. He gets it. Like he's 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 you know he's not like I'm saying like an Alex Skolnick or someone else. Like Gary is super metal, super like true to that so who else would be better guy paid his dues the guy's paid so many dues paid dues there's been so many ups and downs in his own band yeah because exodus exodus never they were in the second tier of yeah they were in the big eight not the big four well exodus took themselves out by not necessarily they killed themselves lifestyle lifestyle too you know and say you know they partied or whatever it's you know i just remember you know it was always like seven albums still no ballad (laughs) that was always like the tagline (laughs) toxic waltz i'd like to i'd like to remaster pleasures of the flesh though myself just me just get me in the studio that's a disappointment who knows if 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 the third one's better than than that absolutely if bailoff made it who knows you know it might have been different yeah the mix totally um okay so to close up here man fucking you know that's it I don't know anything you want to say about the current state of Slayer. I mean, like, well, what, what, what do they got? One more leg they, going around. Is I wish they didn't hate each other, honestly. But yeah. yeah, they're um, they got one more leg, right? Okay, yeah, one more leg. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So I, f- I really I'd like feel to like go again. I feel like know. I feel like uh, Tom is done. Tom, he's been th- done for five. He's years. been he's done, done for fifteen years. Yeah. He's, he's just he's you know. Kerry King will 
still be out there doing Kerry King. Yeah, shout out. I heard a rumor that Kerry King and Bostoff are already starting a band. That that's already been I in the works. That. I bet you it's gonna sound like Slayer. Nah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what, else, what else can you see Kerry King like, stylistically like, doing? It's gonna sound like his chain point. wallet. You know, is he gonna make like Alex Skoltnik trio, like, like do, do jazz record? <laughs> you know, like Chimara what's he gonna do? <laughs> oh my God, Chimera! God, oh man, dude, <laughs> Shiamara! Yeah, like, like, is he trying to say Chimera? <laughs> there you go. I man. saw them open for Slayer <laughs> too. Yeah, <laughs> Chiamera. That shows where I'm at. Yo, dude. shout out to Chiamera. Chia pet. <laughs> yeah, dude. But uh, yeah, man. You know, I mean, I saw the last. You know, we we were at the last yeah. one, and that was great. It was fucking Slayer, and Jones Beach with the yeah. flames and shit. Yeah. I Lamb felt that shit where I was standing. Great I, show. Me and three people watching Napalm Death open. I was one yeah. of those three. <laughs> was a lot of people. That was, was surreal. Odd. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing that, seeing them play Jones Beach was. That's I mean, odd. I remember walking down the street, listening to that tape when it came, when Scum came out, and people being like, "What." What is this? <laughs> to think that music made Jones Beach. Yeah. That's scary. It's nuts. It's nuts. Yeah. But uh, I'm going to go to the last Slayer tour. I mean, I have to. i got to pay my respects. Exactly. You know? I mean, that's they're one of the... That's how I look at it. At the end of the day, they're one of the greatest and most important bands of all time. Beyond just heavy music. I mean, they're one of the... It's weird that it's, en- it's, weird that it's ending. It's weird when you kind of like follow a band from like pretty much almost the beginning. Trek with them through every every plateau and valley. And it's just like, that's it for them. It's like, yeah. it's, like it's over. So it's like it's bittersweet in a way. It's kind of like anything that's like close to like something you've listened to. Even if Absolutely. like all the shit we could talk and about Carrie's Oakleys and you know yeah. like they hate each other and yeah. you know. No, Carrie's it is true because I went to that Jones Beach <laughs> show not knowing if you that know, was like, it. That's a good band name, Carrie's Oakleys. <laughs> like I was at that Jones Beach show right. and I was like, wow, this this might be it, man. Yeah. Like I mean, I've seen Slayer probably like 35, 40 times. It's, it's like a constant in your life. It is a constant, and that's how I felt when I saw Motorhead at Jones Beach. Yeah, and he was, barely Lemmy barely made it through that. He, show. he was not, yeah, he and that was with my girlfriend at the time. We were on the floor, and I was just—I remember looking at him like, "Wouldn't that?" She had never seen them before, but I was—he like, looked dizzy. He just he looked, looked like he weak. dizzy. Like he he's just weak looked and weak and defeated. I was like, "I'm never gonna see Motorhead again." Again, yeah. And you know, the last four Motorhead records are nothing special, but you know, they're the landmark that you expect to always be there. It's like, and when it's not, it is a blow, even if it's not. Their most vital material. It's it doesn't like, matter. Like any it's traditional like, band, yeah, like just Maiden, the fact Maiden, that Maiden's going to stop doing shows. At yeah, some yeah point. I mean, everything is going to dry out. Nick was sixty-seven, I think. He's yeah. still. It's like, wow, dude, how many years you got left? No, but like, yeah, bands like that, like you, you do, like, and and let me put out records till he fucking died. Right. He toured. He and played. played when he could barely walk. Yeah, I mean, he took it to the. You he, know, he, I mean, he died the way he wanted to live, and that's awesome. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that that era is almost gone. Not just in, um, like, you know, look at all the classic bands, like, just limping along. Legacy arena bands even are yeah. gone. Everything is, everything is, extinct, you know. Even Kiss are finally extinct. ending. <laughs> yeah. I don't believe it. Some people yeah. said they should have ended after Animalize, but, you yeah. know. Yo, I'd like to give a shout out to Hot in the Shade. Banger. <laughs> Loser. Ball Jersey kid. The best thing about that was the shirt. The shirt gimmicks, like the merch gimmick. I remember I bought, like, one of the Hot in the Shade shirt, like a long sleeve. Like, well, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was like $2. But it was, it was like, the Sphinx with the sunglasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, thought, and it was, I was like, it's cheesy, but it's like, it's just, it's a, it was a joke to me in a way. So, like, all right, cool. Yeah, but our boy Desmond Child was all over that shit, man. He yeah, co-wrote yeah, Forever. He got that's a Geiger bangers. album cover, too, I think. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, cool. Yeah. So that's it, man. You know, we we wanted to talk about the Slayer discography. We did. Oh. Thanks to Ron again. Uh, any of your bands being 
releasing some shit soon? I don't know. I, I'm jamming with a bunch of people. All right. If it comes well, out, try to avoid it. Yeah. <laughs> Gore fucking got four joints on the uh, Cannibal Hulk. Yeah. Ill Bill record. Check Banger. that out. It's a new joint. Uh, new Bill joint. It's uh, Stu Bangers. Uh, it's pretty crazy. Check it out. Fucking just gross. Like, those beats <laughs> are disgusting. Fuck yeah. And just like you're wearing your nuclear cell. Yeah, you always get, like... The great wordplay, like the hook to the first song is Bill, you know, dropping nuclear salt. And like to the casual fan, it's just the word. But like you get the reference. It's so great. Yeah. A few people get it. It's not, you know, most people don't. That stuff's that crossed way. over enough. I think some people get it now. But when you guys first started, I think me and four of the people got I was going to say, yeah. I was like, who are these fucking guys? <laughs> I shot Reagan? And then I'm like, what the fuck? But I think we wanted to do that. We like we want to reach just those four guys. Like, right, exactly. But still, it was like... I still feel like that, though. Even the like Voivod, yeah. just like the print. The yeah. Voivod print. Just the font yeah. of the logo. So, any bands that you're in Langan? Not currently. <laughs> okay. No. You retired 25 Someday. years ago. Something could happen, actually. <laughs> So, all right, cool, man. Thanks to George for letting us invade his space. Thank and, you, George. Uh, Thank you, sir. Really, man. I got to get Ron over to the Jakey e. Lee show. So, yeah. Later. Nice. Peace.